0: your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver, tire, and service deals today. Dobbs, with 43 locations, real deals are always close by.
1: This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. Happy Friday Eve, kids. How we doing? Oh, oh doing nice. good. Oh, oh,
4: oh. I got a little nervous. I'm like, is it Friday? Friday, Friday Eve. Friday,
3: Friday. Eve. Friday.
5: Yeah. <laughs> You'd be really excited if it was Friday. You'd be like, oh, all oh, oh, right.
3: missed the day.
6: All right. <laughs> oh, here's my thing.
3: I took off Monday and Tuesday, okay? So yesterday was Wednesday. I, th- I thought all day yesterday was Thursday. <laughs> <laughs>
6: You're already jumping
3: I, I woke up this morning thinking it was friday you ready to roll yeah, yeah out of here uh, yeah.
5: what, cd and i discussed this question and maybe you could tell us that you had the friday and monday off before you've done both of those mm-hmm. which and which one is better having a monday off or a friday off
3: I like having a Monday off. That's what I said. Mm, yep.
6: Yeah. Because,
3: well, especially with our jobs. Yeah. Because Friday can really turn into a, a, a f- another day. Yeah, but. Yeah. Right? You can leave town at yeah. 12 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> on Friday. Yeah. yeah.
4: Hit the road. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the road. Yeah. so, so it's a four day weekend rather airport. than a three day.
3: <laughs> yeah. so, so Monday, you got to be back. So I think with what we do, it works out well. I guess if you work a normal nine to five, probably better to get off on Friday. Mm. But everybody's traveling on Friday. That's the other thing. Yeah. You can hang out in another, another place on Monday and come home Monday night or something like that.
5: I think just beating Monday, the Monday blues, yeah. of just getting settled back in, yeah. I think that's a good pick. And
3: I think it's incumbent upon our management, John Kioski, Tommy Mattern, just to make sure that we get both off. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so we work Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> Thursday. Yeah, Ideally. Yeah. The three-day work week is uh, is, is, it, is it in process? We're, we're I'm working, working on it, it. Okay. yeah.
6: <laughs> well, uh, it I, if I you actually, need a little help
3: yeah. like, nudging a few people. I, I, uh, I, I did make the request <laughs> and the, the immediate retort was when I asked for a four-day work week, it was, well, we can talk about that, but you'll have to start at 5 a.m. the four days. you got to give something to get something, Randy. Yeah. No! you got to
4: give something to get something, Randy. <laughs> Nothing in life is ever
6: free, huh? That's yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: what a night on the St. Louis sports scene last night. Till there's a winner and there's a loser.
6: A What's that? A tie.
3: Okay, till there's a winner, a loser, or a tie.
1: You can tie. If you tried to end a, a game in a tie in the United States... Heck, that might be listed in Revelations as the cause for the apocalypse.
3: We had a nil-nil draw, but a (laughs) nil-nil draw led to clinching a playoff spot for St. Louis City SC in their inaugural season.
5: I just wish that they would have maybe found out a little bit sooner so they could have celebrated with the sellout crowd, by the way. Because you had to wait for the West Coast games to finish up. So Mm -hmm. because Minnesota beat... The LA Galaxy. What was it, four to three? Rock, or is the other way? Or LA Galaxy beat Minnesota four to three. Minnesota. That's how that they were able to clinch. I just thought it would be really cool to celebrate. Either way, there is a lot to celebrate right now because the fact that they were able to draw with LAFC, that's what you needed to do. Best case scenario is win, but you at least mm-hmm. needed to draw against them.
3: And now City is set up. That's a big confidence booster too. They they lost to FC before three nil. Now they know that, and they're they have a great chance. City SC does at home pitch advantage throughout the playoffs. And you get an FC here and you know that you can beat FC. All you have to do is, is play with them. If if that game goes into penalties like that, then all of a sudden you have a great opportunity to win that uh, that match. And so not only from the standpoint of making the playoffs, but your confidence heading into the playoffs. I think it was a huge W.
5: Yes. Now, I do have to go to Rocchio with something because there was some controversy last night in the match guys. I almost said game, but look at me. I said match. Yep, you you are a great Friday. teacher, Randy. You, yes, yes. Um, so in the match, there was some drama and controversy. In the 13th minute, right, Rock, after Marcanic lobbed a ball into the box toward a dinner on, there was a defender on both sides of them, and the ref called a handball on LAFC, but VAR, or Video Assistance Referee, stepped in and after looking at the replay, they waved off the penalty kick. It just seems like that continues to be an issue of VRA rulings not exactly working in the favor of City SC and I know you were at the game last night match excuse me mm-hmm. at the match last night Brock what was the feeling from the players especially Tim Parker after that
7: yeah yeah Parker was not too happy let's just hear his <laughs> words about it he just he, he expressed some discomfort uh about a week ago on this show and, and,
6: again, and again last night
8: yeah I, I'd love for someone to tell me what the handball is that's all I mean I, I don't know um I mean I don't even know if the refs know so it's just something that we have to kind of clarify and I think um Hopefully, the league can clarify for us, the union can help out the players, because it's just something that doesn't really have a lot of value for us. Right
6: and I thought it
3: was interesting, Taylor Twelman, too, in a very politically correct way, questioned the the handball rule as well, because it is just so inconsistent, and it does seem to go against SC on a pretty regular basis.
7: Yeah, it does, and, and to clear things up, because there was also a, a, a large amount of, uh, of anger from the fans because of of a non-handball call late in the game mm-hmm. on, on an LAFC defender in the box. And that one, that that's just the case of, that's the situation you get when it feels like a, a fan base is getting jobbed and the players have been vocal because there's no way they should have gotten the call. But it just feels like in the moment, everything's going against you. And so I know the fans were very angry about that one, but that one was actually a good no-call.
3: First nil-nil tie in city history. And if you want a comp, and it, the game wasn't as big, they'll get bigger as they go along, but think of how fun that one nothing Chris Carpenter-Roy Halliday game was in Game 5 of the 2011 NLCS. That's what you're waiting for, is you're waiting for that one goal to break the ice. It never did happen, but it's pretty cool to be that Anticipatory about a sporting event.
4: Uh, we had Weno on yesterday. He said a one-zero victory is the greatest yeah. victory in, in, in baseball. So you are, if it's zero-zero, nil-nil, you're waiting on someone, anything to happen on the edge of your seat. You get a handball that is not a handball after video assisted referees. <laughs> I, VAR. VAR. For me, as long as the the call is correct, I don't I don't worry about it. I, I want. I understand that it may go against you, but, you know, it, it helped uh, LAFC in that moment. Mm-hmm. So I think the the call being correct is what I want at all times.
5: Well, you just have had so many VR, VRA rulings work against City SC. And so then it starts to add up. Tim Parker, with what he was saying there, we've had to talk to him about that now mm-hmm. twice. But that's been an issue for City SC. Do you guys think that maybe it has something to do with the amount of fouls that they have racked up this season? Yeah, and the, that you're getting more attention play? with that?
3: Probably. I would think so. You get a, get a, get, a yeah, yeah. You get a yeah, get a kind of
4: reputation of who you are and how you play. And and the opposing team, you know, they, they talk to the refs.
3: Hey, you know, these mm-hmm. guys are they're, a little, they're doing a little too much. Right. It's a little dirty right. at times. Right. Right. So congratulations to SC on their way to the playoffs in their inaugural season. Meanwhile, the Cardinals continued that? their slow march towards <laughs> the end of the season. No,
5: oh, oh, that's happening, huh?
3: Yeah, yeah. that's still going still on, going, huh? Uh, Brewers uh, Brewers <laughs> come away with an eight-two victory here. Uh, ZT, Zach Thompson, five innings, four earned runs. He walked one, uh, only struck out one and allowed a couple of homers. Uh, Jay Barn was good. Uh, Decent. You, yeah, d- he was solid. You, you didn't get the Holy Trinity last night, but uh, you were, you know, you
7: con- con-
4: Contreras played well. I mean, <laughs> he did until he, he got hurt.
3: Well, yeah, he... Let off the second inning
4: with a double. Oh, that's William. Contreras. Yeah, oh well, yeah, the other yeah. one. Yeah, yeah the other. One. He, we don't want that one to do well, huh?
6: Yeah, no, none right. of these games. No, <laughs> none of <in> these games.
4: <laughs> no. Our Contreras yeah. got hurt. I guess. And, uh, yeah. yeah, dealing
3: with some pain here. Uh, Yeah, Casey uh, Lawrence. We had a Casey
5: Lawrence yeah. signing, but that uh, didn't Casey go well.
3: See, law uh, two innings, four earned runs on four yeah. hits. Ooh. Listen. Uh, Thirty-five pitches, on, twenty-two man. of them were for strikes.
4: We, at some <laughs> point, we got to
3: have real conversations about about what uh, about
4: guys. guys. Okay, at some point, and I'm, I'm I am never the person to, you know, talk down on a professional athlete. I've been in those rooms. I know how hard it is. I'm sure. In mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, there was somebody on the radio doing what I'm doing, talking about me. I I, I am certain <laughs> at some point. But if you not if you're not playing well or if you're not performing well, how football go, how baseball go, how mm-hmm. basketball go, to quote Ron Washington, you ain't gonna have a job, man. You just not, you're not going to continue to be in Major League ballparks. If you don't perform well, this is not news to any any person in a clubhouse around America, in a locker room around America,
3: anywhere for professional athletes. If you don't play well, well you don't get to continue to play. A couple of things here. Number one, Seelaw is refining his craft, okay? Uh- <laughs> How old is he? He's 35. Oh, oh okay. Got, this is from... like the moment, like, with the
5: Springfield broadcast where we're like, oh, he's, 19. he's 19. Oh, oh he's got uh, Number two. <laughs> yeah,
3: don't bring Oops. this back up. Can you get, Sorry. aside from, like, winning a World Series or something like that, can you get more enjoyment than you get from watching Palante Lawrence Verhage. I
4: don't know that that's the whole I don't know that that's
3: joy. That's more angst fear?
4: Like, <laughs>
6: terror? You know, palpitations, heart heart
4: beating fast. <laughs> like, what are we? Hands, palms, sweating <laughs> like just okay. sweating uncontrollably. Don't know okay. what's about to
3: happen. And here's it's the fear, the, Randy. The biggest part, and I saved the biggest part for last. Okay? You would not see Casey Lawrence every night. You would not see Law. See, see, law every night. Mm-hmm. If Wilking Rodriguez was healthy, wow,
5: that because is a, he was the key component. We lost him, and then yeah, he even came early. back, or not came kind back, of. but then
3: he was he healthy was,
5: again, and then he's back he on the sixty-day IL. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Great. So that, uh, my guess, guys, is True. that when we start next season, we're not going to have Wilking Rodriguez, and that'll set the Cardinals back again. Wow. Ooh, well, maybe the, don't world,
5: depend on her players. The World is Baseball that the, Classic yeah.
3: will not be. Well, we we should be good. But, Oh, we should. That's that what hit. held Pelante yeah, back. Hurt. Honestly, Randy, this, yeah. this
7: conversation about the Holy Trinity really reminded me of, of something a baseball great recently said on this show, and and this is what I, I think you're getting at. This is what the Cardinals fans have for the rest of the season.
8: I only get to wear this uniform a couple more weeks. I love putting on this uniform, and I'm going to enjoy it until I'm done.
7: Casey Lawrence. These guys are these guys are going to enjoy Riding it.
1: Randy,
3: we've great him. Another Cardinal great. <laughs> okay, red jacket, Casey Lawrence. Yes, on, thumbs up, man. thumbs up. No, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say thumbs say no. down. I he think he loves that, this uniform.
1: Man. He's gonna enjoy he's gonna
5: gonna it. Say no. <laughs> no, yeah, that that might be it. I feel bad
3: for the guy. I really feel bad for the guy because I'm sure he's a nice fella. Yes, and he's put into this situation, which is untenable for everybody, except apparently for John Mozeliak and Randy, Ollie Marmol. Nice guys
4: finish last in sports.
3: Yes, he did.
4: I don't care that he's a nice guy. I want you to take the ball and do your job. Okay. And and no, with all due respect, Except with all with, due respect, with, with all due respect, that's the job that is placed in front of you. It must be done or you will be looking for another one. That's how it goes. It's yeah. not offensive if it's true. Okay. I think it's very.
5: Here's a, here's a Casey Lawrence fun fact for you guys. His nickname is Twig. OK, that's, I just thought I felt like you guys I needed to know that I, in case you wanted to cheer for him more for the, you know, the few games left of the we, season. We,
4: we're getting a lot of texts about Jack Flaherty going to the bullpen. Yeah, he's dirty. not here anymore. He could but be in our bullpen. He, he, do, you, do you think maybe we should have tried that? Uh,
5: well,
4: not a bad idea.
5: Uh, no. I'm trying Jack that Thompson, probably would have gone well. for are trying Matthew Liberty. I'm saying Jack Flaherty probably would have been uh, too happy about listen, that.
4: Man, you get uh, again, you're going to get some conversations from your head coach that you are not going to like. And yeah. you're either going to do it or you're not.
3: Yep. By the way, one more thing that we need to point out as we celebrate opening day 2024 for your St. Louis Cardinals,
6: it will be... <laughs> oh, my God. It, Already? It, it, well, yeah. yeah. yeah we're, exactly. we're, we're looking
3: ahead. We're, we're forward-looking people. Yeah. Uh, it, it will be... We'll, we'll celebrate <laughs> with an appearance the 10-year anniversary of Wilking Rodriguez's last Major League appearance.
6: Oh! Last
3: oh. appearance in the game in 2014, the big fella did. I'm sorry, Wilking Rodriguez isn't 21? Uh, no. 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 As a matter of fact, uh, Definitely
7: thought
4: uh, he
3: was around an, 23. On uh,
7: opening day
5: next year, he'll be 34.
4: Uh, wow. Definitely thought he was no no older than 26.
5: He rivals your beard, CD. Okay. I see you woke up there. Yeah. He doesn't have the...
7: Can someone explain yeah. why there was a tweet sent out from one of <laughs> the minor league missing, clubs? isn't it? I was like, <laughs> something's missing here. Oh. When he returned... Why are we? Why are we? Why are we supposed to get excited about the return to a, of a thirty something year old to a minor league club well, from an here, injury? Here really, uh,
3: somebody Because you
5: don't know his potential, I, obviously. Apparently,
3: I, I, I don't know uh, ball. He's I don't
6: know pitching.
3: Yeah, he he's pitched in Scranton Wilkesbury, fine place. The office took place there, right? Uh, a lot of <laughs> lot of nice people live in Scranton Wilkesbury. He picked, pitched in. Uh, uh, you guys have paid attention in Spanish class. I took Russian. Uh, it's M A G A L L A N E S Magellanis. Magallanes, M-A-G-M-A-G-A-L-L-E-A-N-E-S. Magallanes. Magallanes. Uh, uh, Magallanes. And then he moved on to Aragua, and he moved on to Lara. Uh, he pitched for four teams in 2021, uh, in three leagues. He picked it, pitched in Aquascalientes. Mm-hmm. He pitched in Dos Laredos. He went back to Magallanes. So Magellanus in 2016, 2017, 21, 22. So, uh, you know, he's got good stuff. Apparently, they really liked him there. And then he went down to Venezuela in 21, 22. And then to, what, back to Dos Laredos in 22. And then Magellanus again, third stint with them in 22. That's a, 23. that's
5: a lot a lot happening there.
3: Yeah, for Wilking. But we were counting on him.
5: We were, yes. In San Luis.
3: Because yes. we see things. We're we, smart.
5: So counting, counting on him, Tyler O'Neill. Okay. Who else were we thinking of? Dylan Carlson, mm-hmm. um, Jack Flaherty, Jordan
6: Montgomery, our guy Stephen oh, yes. Matz.
5: Stephen Mats. Well, he was he got a little bit better towards the end, but then he, back on the hurt. injured list. Yes, yep.
4: it's been. A, I I'm just I am again this off season.
3: Will let me know how serious this Cardinals organization is. Uh, I agree. Greg Amsegars is going to join us at the bottom of this hour. We're going to talk to the Hall of Famer Bernie Federico at 815. Isaac Bruce and Mike Jones are going to talk some Mizzou Memphis football coming up. The heroes from Super Bowl thirty four. Jeremy Rutherford joining us later. And coming up, yeah, I, I, I'm sick of something. If you've got a sick of something, send us a text. 314-399-964-6314-399. 314 399 yo We've got sick of it coming up. Sick of fantasy football. Next on 101 ESPN.
2: <laughs> you are back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Text into the year comfort service, text line 314 399 9646 314 399. Yo! So we have this ridiculous 101 ESPN Fantasy Football League.
5: CD, what happened? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Was, what, what happened? I, and I did the hands, yeah. but no words came
6: out. <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> enough. It's good
4: enough. It was the <laughs> strangest thing. My hands went up, but no words. Yeah. Uh, literally it could come out of my mouth. It was I don't so know. Funny. What.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I just look I over to I I see I the hands it. and then, yeah. I,
4: I don't know. By the way, know. we aren't
3: on uh, YouTube anymore. Just go to Twitter and tell YouTube. YouTube, you want to see your 101 ESPN. So uh, anyway, the first week of the, uh, let's start with this. Do mm-hmm. you guys agree with me that teams that suffer injuries like J.K. Dobbins or Aaron Rodgers, Brooke, that yes. uh, teams that suffer injuries to get an opportunity to try to continue to win in fantasy football should get like some sort of help? Yeah. I, I think I think that should be maybe, part of yeah. the day. I yes. agree. So okay. So here's the thing. First week of the season I lose J.K. Dobbins and try to claim him and I don't get him. And I said, Well, I have the second fewest <laughs> points in the league and the second worst record. And our commissioner says, Well, <laughs> on the first week of the season, the waiver order was in reverse of the uh, the draft order. Well, I drafted like sixth or seventh in our league, and my waiver spot was fourteenth, so that's not right. And then this week, I figure, okay, second worst record in the league. Still, 0-2 having lost to Matthew's experts team by like five points. Is that the name points. of it? He that didn't even the, bother maybe. naming his team. No, he and even, you lost to a guy that didn't did. bother naming yeah. his team. Yeah. He went with the name that they gave him. Yeah. And you're, I'm getting the results that I deserve <laughs> in naming my team. Didn't he auto-draft, yeah. too? Or am I just imagining that? 2-0.
7: Highest scoring team in the league. Yeah. Oh,
3: so man. So anyway, Kyler's film room still doesn't have the running back to replace J.K. Dobbins.
6: Yeah, Wasn't enough film.
3: And I, and I see That's Chubb get hurt the other night, and immediately, I mean, e- immediately, I make a claim for Nick Chubb, and <laughs> for I Ford. click in yesterday for, for Ford. Or for Ford, yeah, yeah. Ford, his Yeah, I don't know if you want Nick Chubb Yeah, Cumber, you don't want yeah. Nick Chubb anymore. Yeah. And yesterday I said, okay, this is a lock. Matthew's expert team is not going to take he, or uh, whoever. No, it's Anthony Salter's, the only person below me in the standings. I said, well, I'll get him, no problem. And then uh, Donnie Fandango winds up getting the guy. And I had just a simple text to the, the whole crew, hey, what the <laughs> hell's going on here? And uh, I, a simple I get from the commissioner BK back. That's not the way waivers work. Uh. <laughs> yeah,
5: I saw that text yeah. exchange, and I was I like, said, I'm going to avoid this yeah. text exchange. So anyway, it a little tid. Uh, so it's uh, we've got this.
3: Rather than having reverse order of standings, which the NFL uses, the NBA uses, MLB uses, the NHL, every rational pro sport uses reverse order of standings, which is available, by the way, when you set up your fantasy football league, Uh, we don't have that. We've got another thing where... You make a claim and you go to the back line. So anyway, I'm just sick of the fact that uh, we have this ridiculous waiver rule. Two weeks in
5: a
4: row?
3: Yeah. I'm stuck with rule. You haven't been able to get your guy? My guy, yeah. Mm. Can
5: I be honest? I feel like you're the only one that's having problems because I've been able to get whatever I've needed or anything. I think there's
3: an inherent bias against me.
5: It Ah, feels ah. like it Mm because I I feel like there's something anytime you try to get something it doesn't work. Yeah. I don't know. There's something going on there. I'm not Uh, trying to uh, stir the pot or anything.
6: I'm just trying
5: to. Maybe you know, bring things feel it to briefly. light. Kind
3: of, usually I'm in good mood. That, I was in a bad mood all personal?
4: day yesterday because I didn't get your own Ford. Does it feel <laughs> personal, Randy? It does. Yeah, personal attack. Yeah. You know what I'm sick of? I'm sick of watching the talented, extremely talented Los Angeles tar- Chargers perform in the way in which they do. Mm. It, it is mind-boggling that a team with all Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler when he's healthy, Derwin James on the defensive side, Joey Bosa. You got a, You got guys. Khalil Mack, you got guys that can play some football and they stink. And it boils down to the, the, it comes from the top. And Brandon Staley is, uh, he's going to have to figure some things out because if he doesn't, they're going to, uh, he's going to be looking for a job. Oh. They play the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. And I think Minnesota should win that game, even though Los Angeles is more talented.
3: Well, Matthew and I were looking this morning. There is not a member of that Brandon Staley coaching staff where you say, oh, that'd be a logical interim. Yeah. He's hired a bad staff. Well, mm. they
4: probably done
3: intentionally. Yeah, make sure that if he does get it's, fired, it's it's a Spag <laughs> syndrome, right? Good luck for you guys. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that Steve Spagnuolo staff here. I mean, one of the, his his linebackers coach was his college roommate. Mm. Hey man, you gotta sense. be in the right place at the right yeah. time.
6: Right? <laughs> I mean, Life's right. all
4: about right. timing, yes. huh? Call yeah. my college roommate, and see what the hell he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing in life? Why yeah. why
1: aren't you? High?
4: Co-
3: come and coach linebackers for me. <laughs> uh. So anyway, yeah, it was made uh, on um, on Sportsman Like this morning. They pointed out that. Sean Payton wanted that job. They should have gone and gotten Sean Payton last
5: Mm -hmm. offseason. Makes sense. All right. Well, you know what I'm sick of, guys? And we touched on this a little bit yesterday. But fights at stadiums, maybe it's just me. I feel like I'm seeing more and more fights at stadiums. Did you see all the videos coming out this past weekend of fights at NFL stadiums? Mm -hmm. All that going on. What is happening? Is this more of just... That we're seeing it because we're in the day and age of social media. So people are quick to just post videos of fights. And so you're seeing more of it because on, uh, obviously it goes viral and it goes viral quickly. Or does it feel like people have gotten just more upset? I don't know because NFL games are expensive. Or if you go to a concert, anything like that, like what is an NFL ticket you think average? A little over 100. You go yep. there, you're going to spend about 20 bucks, 15, 20 on just a single beer. What are you doing? And if you can't handle your alcohol or your temper, stay at home. But
3: Brooke, these people are hammered before they walk into the stadium yeah, from the tailgate. tailgate.
5: That's what, and that's what I'm saying. Yep. Why? Hold yourself a little bit more accountable. Have some decorum. I mean, great heavens, I have never seen anything like this in my entire life. I just, I don't understand why people can't handle themselves out in public can't like this. They handle their liquor.
3: No! Their they're liquor, they're, uh, they've got an opponent, probably in an opponent's jersey, and probably losing a little bit of money on the game. It's a bad combo.
5: Well, yes, all those things are a terrible combo. Phil, you know, head of security for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I've even talked to him about that before recently. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned that he's had to throw more people out of games mm-hmm. ever since COVID than he's ever had before. Wow.
4: Yeah, people are, I think huh, well, we learned a lot about people during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just how ignorant people can be and how ignorant they are. But
5: everybody thinks it have, problems
4: around them. It, it does. And then sometimes people get punched in
3: the mouth in the face. Yeah. yeah either way. Yeah.
5: And you know what there's a way to solve pre-COVID. this. Yeah. Stadiums put in a fight club. You have everybody sign a now, waiver before going in there. Now we're talking. And then you can just brawl it out.
3: I love that I, I idea love Is it. that
5: yep. going to solve it? Yep. Cage, I think that that's going to solve it And galore. then, and then yep. you can pay to see it too time, There's more man. money coming bet, in for the you NFL You can bet on it
6: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, You know, <laughs> like, it, you
4: got a referee So nobody gets harmed too bad You keep I, it fair I love uh, this punch idea Punch each other in the face Go back to your seat Yeah yes. Or go home Or to the hospital I whatever, love that
5: Whatever happens okay, I love that it. idea Let's get that going The NFL loves money They They should be in on that
3: Alright, Matthew What do we got on the text line? If anything
7: Today, we have people who are angry that we're uh, talking about that. Somebody just goes, "Somebody got punched and died."
3: Well,
5: well, and I'm saying I don't just, want people to get punched died. and dying.
3: Well, th- that's right. what they're saying. but They said that's not why he died. Hey, uh, there's always going to be a tougher guy. Don't confront people
4: if you don't want to die. I just think you should be respectful of everybody's space. Yes. If you are, someone is being loud and ignorant mm-hmm. and belligerent. You know, you, you don't have to accost them directly you yeah. call security hey this person is being rude come here that's
3: their job yeah and, and so so yeah, yeah. And so what did they, the that text can you go back and read that text one more time please? it just said
7: uh someone got punched and died and wh- where was oh. that
3: where did that happen oh randy no, no, oh, no, randy. no keep oh, there's, randy. there's another randy. signal no, this is they're crazy agreeing. they're yeah. agreeing
5: they said halftime yeah. mma fights too yeah. they just want us to know that they're agreeing but you, 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 you want to go ahead and say where yeah. it happened at yeah.
4: No, we don't. Somebody
7: wearing their their Teddy (laughs) Bruce jersey. (laughs) This is one of the most honest ones we've got. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Sick of that last bowl of cereal. All the cereal dust comes out. I'll open a new box before I eat that junk.
4: Uh, That is the sweetest
7: part, and it gets stuck in your teeth.
4: And yeah, it is a bit much. You know, you don't need all of those crumbs in your oh. it, it it it's a bit
3: much. During the <laughs> pandemic, Michelle and I had a, a cereal taste test and cinnamon toast crunches is- Far and away the best cereal, by the way. You think so? Yeah. yeah, yeah. We no. I had no idea. I had not even been introduced to it. Oh, it's great. Captain Crunched Crunch with Yes! crushed berries. <laughs> <Christmas>, of course.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know the, the amount we of, of that sugar insane. that <laughs> courses oh, through oh, your veins oh, oh. after you eat Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so Randy. good. It's oh, so why good. Why are we including berries? <laughs>
6: oh, you the berries the, the are. The important. Berries
4: are. They're the sweet. They're not. They're not real berries. Okay, good. They're just colored. They're just colored Captain Crunch. right?
7: I don't think you said Captain Crunch when you did. did cereals last week. I think I did. I not I, I don't know. Enthusiasm for cereals makes me think you would have gotten more than like said, uh, the seven you did. What was the one
5: that was like so random? Twigs. No, 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 It kicks. was kicks. 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 Yeah,
6: yeah. Cakes.
4: Choosy moms choose cakes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's yeah. A joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I
6: was in chips. peanut butter. There's so many <laughs> slogans. Moms, <laughs> <laughs> well, had, had a slogan. Slug-ins. I was right. That you're okay, right. Let me see. Something like that.
7: I'm quite literally sick of it. The revolving door of illnesses my child brings home from daycare. Listen, they will be a tougher
4: child because of it, but you, parent, will have to go through some, some sick days yourself. My son has come oh. home with stuff all over. What
6: have you been doing, <laughs> yeah, child? Uh,
3: Kid-tested mother approved. There, yeah. there I know oh, it was something close. like that. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was it. very
5: similar. But either way, you said the right thing. Captain Crunch is the Captain. elite oh,
6: cereal. So sure. You're
5: hearing it is here. I'm of people Randy? who don't appreciate it. Okay, we
3: Randy, need. Have a, to have the. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a blind taste test. Yeah. And we'll bring in Captain Crunch. We'll bring oh. in Cinnamon Toast Crunch and a couple of others, and mm. we'll determine what the best cereal
5: blind. is. I think I'll be able to know which one has the the artificial berries no, in we, it. We, right.
3: We have to wear uh, um, bolts. No, you'll know which one it is Crunch because it's stuck in your
7: teeth. Shred. No, it but shreds the good. top of your mouth up. It like shreds But it's worth it.
4: It's worth it every time. Wow. Yeah. It is. It is glorious, Randy. Oh. Just lucky Charlie. Okay, let's see one more.
7: <laughs> uh, sick of the Chicago Bears organization. Justin Fields had some bad comments yesterday. But if you think that Lamar gets overcoached like Fields does, then you're probably wrong. I think they just need to let him go out there and play, be free, and see what happens. We'll see what happens this week. Uh, I don't think that's How a about bad that? idea. You got to have coaching.
4: You want to be coached, he, he just makes he, him a robot. He, and then I heard he got mad at the media for...
3: Uh, he did. He said, take it out of context. Yeah. I think it was exactly what you said. Yeah, we played it. To, to, hey. There's audio. You are recorded, sir. I <laughs> <laughs> think you really
6: said that. But
5: it, was a very, it was very confusing, the comments, because it's not like he sounded angry. It's almost kind of like he said that, but then he also said, but then they give me a lot of stuff to prepare with. I, But either way... Maybe, I, isn't that the coach's job? So maybe I what he's
4: know. maybe what he's implying is there's too much in the game yes. plan for him. He is Harrison Bader being coached
6: good. by Jeff Albert. Oh, <laughs> oh wow, that's, that's well. a throwback. Yeah, a that's little a, too
3: little too much information uh, there. Yeah, that's what we got. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to Greg Gamsinger, MLB Network. Uh, Cardinals, oh, uh, they're magic. The tragic number has been met. <laughs> so we'll talk about other stuff
0: next on 101 ESPN.
6: The smartest way to do your homework.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101
2: ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Your St. Louis Cardinals are unquestionably bad this year. A lot of people at the beginning of the season were upset that the Cardinals didn't spend a lot more money And they felt like, okay, well, if they spent a lot more money, they wouldn't be as bad. And the Cardinals are in last place. The New York Mets are in fourth place in their division. They have four more wins than the Cardinals. They're 71 and 81. And the story this year is probably the Padres, who are 75 and 78. They're in fourth in the West and will probably finish fourth in the West. But Ken Rosenthal had a really interesting piece at The Athletic talking about the dysfunction in the Padres organization and how... It looks like no amount of money will be able to fix what they what ails them because of their general manager and president of baseball operations, A.J. Preller, who, by all accounts, is a guy who asks for unreasonable things from his charges and just feels like they can just outwork people and outspend people and that will allow them to win rather than actually building a quality unit like the Atlanta Braves have.
5: Yeah, well, and you've also seen the stories that have been slowly coming out about the Padres in the clubhouse. Remember, there's reports of some finger-pointing in the clubhouse and things, tension being high, and you look at the names that they have, it doesn't make sense the way that they have performed this season. It really just seems like a bunch of big names, essentially all together, but there's nothing being done to bring any sort of cohesion amongst these stars, and you can tell that. And especially when you hear those reports, during the season, saying that things are not great in the clubhouse. And then now you have this story about him and the toxic culture that he's created. The biggest thing that stood out to me is when they said micromanage. Letting somebody micromanage like that never works out. Can you guys tell me, in business or even in sports history, tell me when a GM has micromanaged and it has worked out?
4: Never. Never. It never works. It never works. There's a, a In that report you were talking about with, um, with, with Ken Rosenthal, they, they interviewed some players. Several, several Padres people interviewed for this story described circumstances in which Preller told players one thing. Melvin told them another. One player, while careful not to absolve himself and his teammates of blame, likened the situation to a toxic relationship between parents in which the kids suffer. That that does that if that doesn't give you a full description of what's going on there, it's they clearly have enough talent to be successful. They got maybe the Cy Young Award winner in mm-hmm. Blake Snell. Um, you got you got Ma- uh, Machado. You got all the all these guys that can play baseball at a high level at an elite level, and they aren't doing well enough. And it boils down to you have to put your ego aside. Yes, everyone comes into the room when you are successful. You come into the room feeling like, yeah, I can do anything. I can do all things. But when you're in a room full of those people, people have to put their egos to the side in order to work together. And it feels like or seems like in that situation and in most situations where teams aren't successful, people don't put their ego to the side. And they Mm -hmm. and they allow themselves to lose rather than, you know, doing what needs to be done to win.
5: And not having yes men around them. That is the biggest thing. Not having when you're talking about putting your ego aside, you have to do that. You have to have have people people tell you the truth. Yes. Having people surrounding you. You should be surrounding your people or surrounding yourself with people who are also successful. Know that they can challenge you. And just because somebody's challenging you doesn't mean it's a negative thing. You should be open to outside thoughts and ideas because that's the only way that you can actually change and progress because if you are stuck in your own ways and you can't take in any else anything else from the outside how are you going to grow as an organization business anything like that this is this seems like a lesson for not just this with the Padres but in business in general
3: and what happens here with Machado just signing a new 13-year contract Uh, (laughs) Bogart's got 11 years 13 years is the the length of the contract for Fernando Tatis Jr. Darvish has a big monster contract. They're probably going to lose both Snell and Hayter. And they still have Juan Soto, who's up after next year. And Mm -hmm. they've depleted their farm system because of the trades to get a lot of these guys. I'm interested to see what the future holds for the Padres, because they do have a lot of money for not... Unproductive individuals, but a group of players that are un- unproductive as a unit. There's a lot of money on the books for that group, and I don't know how you turn it around. It's kind of like trying to turn around a giant ship in the ocean.
4: I think it's going to take some time. I think you have, when you have guys that are locked in for that long, making that much money, it's, it's on the players to make a decision to say, hey, we have to be better. We're here. We're all in this together, and they also have to be the ones to put their ego to the side. And sometimes you have to have those conversations. If you have your general manager and your and your your head coach, or manager are not seeing eye to eye, as a player that is locked in for 13 years, making 200 million, hey, let's get out. Let's sit down and talk. All of us. Let's have a conversation because you two need to grow up. You two need to be grown adult men and work together in order for us to be able to be the best we can be. And so if you're not willing to have those hard conversations, and again, I think it's easier to have those hard conversations when you know you got $200 million uh, in store for you. It's a lot easier than a a rookie or a younger guy who is still trying to make the team. Somebody has to have a conversation and say, this is not who we are. This is not what we expect to be. Let's do
3: better. Now, let's localize this because – Bob Melvin, by all accounts, and according to this article, had pretty much autonomy in managing the A's. And this is a two-time manager of the year, regarded as one of the better managers in baseball. Did so with a lower payroll in Oakland on a regular basis. And he goes to San Diego, and Melvin, as you pointed out in the story, Brooke, he feels like he's micromanaged, and he and Preller don't get along at all. And Ali Marmol, John Mosley, like I said, is going to be the Cardinal manager. But if you were a Melvin or a Madden or a Francona or any any other established manager and the perception, I don't know if it's a reality, but the perception of the Cardinals exists as it does, would you even bother looking at this job? The mm. Cardinal job? Well, yes.
5: Yeah, I mean, because if you, you don't the history. Get, but, if you, but Melvin if you,
3: doesn't get to manage in San Diego. Yes. And it doesn't appear that the guys here get to manage either.
5: And that's the perception, right, is that would you be able to manage? Would you be able to do what you need to do? Would you be able to go to Mosaic and specifically ask for certain things? Or even if you hinted towards things towards the media, would that would you worry about that philosophical differences would come into play and you wouldn't have a job Mm -hmm. anymore? Well,
4: here's why you always take the job. It's only one of 30. And so in in the in the country, you, you are. Uh, the the manager for a Major League Baseball club, you have to take the job if, if it's offered to you. And I think that happens, I will say, in, in some schools, some colleges, when you watch their football program, I think there are coaches that know this team never has a chance to win, but I'm going to go make $3 million a year for the next four years, and then it'll propel me to the next job. I know we won't win, I know we won't have success, but I don't think that's the case here in St. Louis. I think they have an opportunity to have success, but the mindset is, I know I'm not going to get to coach in the way that I love to coach. Great. I know I'm going to have to take this position, one of 30, be there for four or five, six years hopefully. Hopefully we find a way to win with with the analytical de- department that is forcing us to play this way. And if not, I was the head coach or the manager of, an, of a major league uh major league baseball team.
3: And this is the reason I, I because we've heard this from national people, Greg, uh Greg Amzinger, who we could we'll try to track him down later, Uh, but people up with MLB Network because this is the whisper around Major League Baseball. And in this story, uh, a person who previously worked with Preller said, quote, in Oakland, he had a situation with a GM, Billy Bean, who was 40,000 feet, and let the manager manage. A.J. gets to 40,000 feet, and then he's down to 10,000, and then it's almost like he's in the dugout on on an ongoing basis, and you can't be that way. And that is... Reality or not, that is the perception around baseball media of what the Cardinal situation is, is that the the front office is guiding the way the team is managed.
5: And that's how the perception is going to stay, just because of how publicly that whole Mike Schiltz situation was handled. And, you know, maybe there always is more to the story with everything. But when you say philosophical differences is the reason why you're parting with someone and you already knew that you were going to be done with them before that huge win streak that we saw I think that says a lot about where you kind of see that job position, where if things are getting challenged and things are getting tense, that it's not going to work out, that it looks like it's your way or the highway, essentially. And, you know, and maybe that's the way that Major League Baseball is going. But I still think that when it comes to feel for the game and being able to have people in there, that can challenge you and say, no, I'm seeing this firsthand. This is I'm with these in this clubhouse every day. I know what's needed. That should be a voice that is allowed to speak up in those situations.
3: You're probably going to have a Houston, Atlanta World Series. Yeah. It's, just look in those two dugouts. That's all you need to know. Eh, good for them. Yep. Good and, and they have a lot of good players, too. Uh, coming up on 101 ESPN, we've got Take It or Leave It, Get Your Text Into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo ho! Take it or Leave It next on 101 ESPN
2: you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers it's time for take it or leave it want to say something put it out
1: there it, you can take
0: it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your
1: text into 314 399 9646 and give us your take it or leave it.
2: Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing.
0: That's my final offer. Take it or leave it.
3: With Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Matthew Rocchio is here, and we do welcome your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399 9646. 314 399 Yo ho! All right, kids, uh, take it or leave it. By the end of his contract, Wilson Contreras is the Cardinals' regular first baseman.
5: Oh. Regular first baseman Mm -hmm. Leaving I'm going to have to leave that too I think that there's some others that I I don't know
4: I don't know if Luke and Baker is going to Take that role I don't know that Jordan Walker will be there I
3: think Walker and Wright
4: yeah, I like him in right field. They've got their center fielder too. that
3: they like that can run really fast but isn't going to be allowed to steal bases. Which one is that? I mean, <laughs> Victor Scott. Why won't he steal bases, Randy? Because they just won't. They don't want steal
4: bases.
6: Okay. No. That's illegal this year, right?
3: Nude, right? When is Chase Davis coming up? He'll, How far away be, is he? He's, he won't be far behind either. I think yeah. 2025. Right. I can yeah.
4: see Right around the corner. So uh, I'm, I'm First thinking uh,
3: Herrera behind the plate.
4: Ugh. <sighs> That's a very good question. Is, is is Gorman still here in 2025? Is he here in 2024?
3: So that's a great question. I don't think he is. Okay. But he would be a first uh. baseman too, but they, they're concerned about him bending over. Yeah, that, because who, Gorman? That's, yeah, yes. you know, he's, he's, he's dealing with what, what, back. Wrong? When did that happen? About right? a week back. Oh, okay. <laughs> no.
6: Hey, been a couple of days. <laughs> it's been a while since you guys have done yeah, that one. Okay,
0: fine.
5: <laughs> it's fine. You. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there would have to be a lot of things that would happen for that. I don't know. And the first I still would be think... that
3: Goldie would have to not sign an extension.
5: Yes. So
4: you're saying like 25. 25. Yep. Ooh, that's soon.
5: I'm gonna have yeah. to leave it. I think I'm gonna leave it as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm Goldie
4: it. Goldie's gonna be here. He's gonna play till he's forty years old,
3: I I guess.
5: Because why not? So why not? You guys have a problem with that? No,
3: uh, I don't okay. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I just <laughs> I, I wish we could put Goldie in a winning situation.
4: This is and now that, sir, I do agree with. Yes. because that to me, when you have superstars, potential Hall of Famers or oh, Hall of Fame players. They want to win championships. Mm-hmm. They got all the money that they can, you know, withstand. They don't need more money. They'll take it, but they don't need it. What they need is championships. Yep. And you got two guys at the corner infield spots that need to win a championship, I'm certain, to feel better about what they've done their entire career.
5: Isn't that why they came here?
6: Don't yep. you think? That's, that's, they literally, yeah. Fix yeah. It.
4: You gotta get the pitching staff together.
3: Somehow, yeah, some way, somehow. Next year, last year, the contract will be Goldie's sixth year in St. Louis.
4: Ooh, wow! So we were talking about coaches and their inability to develop players and mm-hmm. how they uh, are just just so ready to move players aside. Take it, leave it. You shouldn't be in professional, collegiate coaching if you do not know how to develop players.
5: I'm hey. going to take it.
4: Yep, I'll take it. That's right. a big and part it. of it. That is the yes. main part of it. You <laughs> literally have coaches. College, Randy. I've had college coaches with the understanding or with the expectation that a guy is supposed to come in NFL-ready as a true freshman. What are you... Give me a little bit of what you got there, brother. Because I I would like to be in that fantasy world. You have to develop players to be elite college players, then professional players.
5: And that's why I think that the star rankings, people get very wrapped up into that. I think that that's why that doesn't matter because at that level... How the coaches are able to develop that's what matters
4: yeah those stars don't matter because I told you people pay for stars not players mm-hmm. but coaches
3: yeah well and so um, yeah I do agree I'm gonna take it 100% for example I think that if you have a 26 year old left-handed pitcher that has a 5.06 earned run average that he if you are capable of developing then he shouldn't be able to go to the next place and have an earned run average of half what he had under you
5: hmm.
3: Just saying, Just saying.
5: Take it or leave it, guys. We know that we have the big Mizzou and Memphis game this weekend here at the Dome. amazing Yes.
4: Zio lose.
5: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> take it or leave it, guys. Uh, we'll be seeing Sam Horn this weekend.
4: Take it. Take it. <laughs> yep, That's a, I, well. I, yeah. If I can give Brady Cook any any advice, because I I once played a game here in St. Louis mm. four days after knee surgery. Mm. Uh shouldn't have done it. I was eager to get on the field because it was my hometown. If you're hurt, you got a long season ahead of you, brother. Don't risk it. Now, Sam Horn was in the quarterback competition. I put that in air quotes because I don't know if it was really a competition. (laughs) He was in a quarterback competition with you. And if he does perform well, you know, maybe there is another competition ahead. But you got to take care of your body. If you're hurt, hyperextended knee. Don't risk getting out here and playing. Don't play on that turf for sure. But don't risk getting out here and playing uh, and risking more time on the sidelines because you want to play in your home state, in your home city, excuse me, uh, in front of your family. It's not. Yeah. Uh, And take it from me because I did it. Ended up with a staph infection
7: and it wasn't good. It wasn't great. All right. What do we got on the text line there, Matthew? Take it or leave it. Colorado gets a reality check this weekend playing number 10, Oregon.
4: I'm intrigued to see this game. Colorado up front has uh, is is struggling, especially running the football. But their skill position, now, Travis Hunter will be out. Yep, that's gonna be a uh, that's gonna be an issue. But they got some guys that can catch the ball. They got guys that can make plays. I think Travis Hunter being out impacted their secondary more than their receiving core. Um, so we'll see how how it goes. I, I think it's going to be okay though.
3: I am going to leave it in terms of. I, I get the sense that reality check means that they're going to get stopped, and oh, I don't think they will. I think it'll be a game. I think Colorado will be able to keep it close.
7: I think it'll be a good game, too. Take it or leave it, the Bengals can bounce back and make the playoffs.
3: The Bengals, I always enjoyed their song, Walk Like an Egyptian. Bengals. Walk like an Egyptian. Action Jackson
7: does that, and I swear to God, he's, he's gotten to my brain. Okay. He calls him the Bengals. Okay, what's the, the question bangles? again? I it or the Bengals.
5: I love wearing Bengals. you know? A good bangle elevates the outfit. If you guys could see it, I'm actually wearing some bangles right now with my evening gown. I thought it'd be a nice words.
7: It's going to make
6: me screw me up again. The Bengals. The Bengals. Okay. <laughs> okay. One more time. Bengals.
3: One, one more time. We'll listen carefully this time. Take it away with the Bengals. Bounce back to make the playoffs. Leave it. I, take it. Yeah, I'm going to take it. Um, you think so? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They will. They're, they were 0-2 last year. They're fine.
5: Yeah, but this this year feels maybe a tad He's different injured. with the calf injury. Yeah, that's bothering me. I, I, it's it's a
4: little bit personal, Randy. I got him on fantasy team, so I'm not yeah. really be really fun. bothered by oh, it. Oh,
5: I have Jamar Chase on mine. It's been uh, painful. I <laughs> J.K.
7: Dobbins
3: on mine. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We need this Welcome to, come to my together.
7: world.
6: <laughs>
7: <laughs> here we go. Very positive text here. Take it or leave. The Blues finish second in the Central and make it to the Western Conference final. Ew. Take it. Oh, you're
4: on.
3: Oh, all we're just on. gonna. Oh, yeah. Today's the start of training camp.
4: Early, you're on the um, on the bandwagon. Early. Sunshine, lollipops oh, oh and
5: rainbows.
6: Everything right. that's Was
5: wonderful is what I feel four? when we're together. Yeah
7: your top four defensemen? Look,
5: we got we got some I've new got, things coming in. Yep, I'm, don't be Debbie Downer. Don't. No, they don't.
6: Wow. We want to know. Wow. No, they don't. I'm talking about a new defensive so, coach. Uh,
3: yeah, clearly, yeah. You're going to it's have everything. A lot of new coaching at Bush uh, On the right side, you're going to have Falk and Pareko. Okay. And mm-hmm. then you're going to have uh, Stanley Cup champ Nick Letty on the left side. Okay. Along with the uh, very reliable Marco Scandella. Oh. Very reliable. Hmm.
6: Uh, is a uh, is I, I think. Okay.
5: We'll see. I could see them maybe finishing. And then Perunovic
3: uh, being, yeah, p- so being a key to the number three power plant. Where's Torrey crew going? So forward heavy lead? Philly. Oh,
4: oh you, you put him out. Well, up? that was quick. You just rehomed <laughs> him. <laughs> Didn't you just do that? <laughs> Didn't that, that oh, try oh, yeah, to happen He, he
3: rejected issue? that. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I thought he we've comes already back. tried that. Yeah, yeah, he comes back and has a, a solid season. he got a foot season. injury,
4: though. He's gonna, you know, oh. Your feet. You yep. don't want your feet.
3: The key for the Blues defense is going to be the Blues offense. It's hard to score from two hundred feet away. How many how many goals do we're going to do our goal prediction again? No, we'll do that later. But I'm just talking about, especially the fourth line, people like Sonny and Torpchenko and Sammy Blake I keeping the cup, puck deep in the zone. eh? I like Torpchenko. Mm. That's my that's my guy. It'll be a fun team.
7: Yeah, it will be fun.
3: Speaking of some positivity, <gasps>
7: Mizzou wins by three t- touchdowns. Take
5: it Ooh, or leave,
3: leave it. it.
6: <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to stop mean, I at three mean, I'm going to leave that
3: wins one wins by three
5: <laughs> I didn't mean to laugh out said loud said by that three was, Just don't yeah, finish was, the rest of it of Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, uh,
5: they, they, they might,
3: it Yeah they should win by three though What's the line like five and a half Six and a half right now
5: uh, I don't know Let's see
3: So power five against a non-power five Should we, uh, home Is it game? really um, Six yeah. and a half SEC What conference is Memphis in a- oh, AC? At yeah, AC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an SEC team.
5: I don't yeah. know if
4: I don't know the conferences that
3: works. matter anymore.
5: Yeah, I don't know if it does.
3: I think it does in this case.
5: Okay. All right.
3: So, yeah, the conferences matter.
7: <laughs> uh, take it or leave it. Randy should have known that the Browns would take a different shot and go get Kareem Hunt instead of going for Ford.
3: Well, uh, they've established that Ford is their starter. Their head coach said that. So uh, I'm going to go with that for the moment. If, There's a reason that Kareem Hunt was sitting out there after two weeks of yeah, the season. True.
4: They mm-hmm. uh, nice think. Browns. Did you get my uh, my video that I sent to you? I did, yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah, that huh? was yeah. funny. It's, it's Cleveland Browns. Yeah, they go against the Steelers. They ain't won there in 20 years, man. What are you
3: thinking? Except in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, they did do
4: that. <laughs> I don't, we don't talk about that, Randy. Just,
7: um, all right, one more. It appears that the XFL and the USFL are headed for a merger. Take it or leave it. No matter what the league's called, call is always the law. Totally take, take it. Caw it. is always that. the go, go. law. Yes.
5: I'm interested to see what that means specifically and how it will change things. Did you see the report that they're going to have their assistant coaches be part-time, possibly?
3: Yeah, it's going to be hard to make it work as a business plan, I would think.
5: Yeah, and they lost what was it, $60 Six, million?
3: Sixty in the XFL. I don't know how yeah. much Fox lost with the USFL. But it's a lot it, of money. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's yeah. going to be tough to make spring football work because it is expensive. And now what are they going to do? Are they going to have all the games played in like two stadiums or are they going to do what the XFL <laughs> did where you have Games played at actual home cities, like for example, the Michigan Panthers of the USFL. I don't think have ever played in the state no, of Michigan.
4: No, everything every game was down in Birmingham. Yeah, and
3: they it wasn't a lot of people there for those
4: games. No,
6: it was they, they showed was up like for the none. Birmingham team, yeah. but
4: uh, everybody else. Like, hey. I kind
3: of think we're the outlier in terms of spring football. Yeah. Maybe Seattle. So why but, don't they make St. Louis the hub? Uh, That'd be smart, but we only want to go see our team.
4: You don't think they would show up for all the other games? No. (laughs) Well, they
5: signed the XFL signed like a contract with the city of Arlington. I'm sure maybe there is some sort of outs there, but they signed a contract with the city of Arlington. Jera. Yeah, to be the to have that be the hub of things.
3: Don't they? Is it the old Cowboys practice facility or the Star where they practice? I don't know where mm-hmm. it is, but all the teams practice in the same place, and then they fly together on the same plane to the place that they're going to play. Hmm. Yeah, hard to make work. Yeah, but good luck to them.
5: Yeah,
6: best of luck.
3: With yeah. all due respect.
6: Ca-caw. Yeah.
7: Ca-caw. Hey. Ca-caw. You think if they do a um, take it or leave it? If they do a merger. Uh, the Rock finally answers one of my emails. Hey, uh, I'm going to leave he
4: got got him and Taylor and uh, Tim Bontemps are on a text thread together.
6: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, up, said to, I, I said hi to Taylor
3: last night. It didn't go well. Aww. Coming up next, what did City show you against the defending champs last night? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're
2: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's A
1: fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take.
2: Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app.
3: For in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, and the expansion St. Louis City SC. Clinching a playoff spot last night after their win over LAFC. A West Coast game allowed the City FC side to clinch a playoff spot, so they're in the playoffs, and as important, a nil-nil draw with the defending champions, LAFC, and we know now, and the SC had lost to FC out there 3-0. Now you know that, depending on where a match is played, and it'll be on our pitch, that St. Louis City SC can play with and handle LAFC. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from last night is that it's one thing to be able to beat a team like LAFC did at home, mm-hmm. but for an expansion team to go toe to toe with the defending champions and play to a nil nil draw, I think it's huge for FC because now they know they can play. In their hearts, they know they can play with every team in the league.
5: Yes, and I think with City, I see the best possible result from last night was getting a win but also it wasn't the worst outcome because you were able to stay at least at the top of the conference standings and that's the biggest thing moving forward here especially against lafc they were the defending mls champs and so this is a huge challenge for him we've been talking to even carnell earlier this week and he knew that this was going to be a huge challenge for his club but the way that they were able to handle themselves and i have to give a lot of credit to roman berkey he is a huge, huge part of mm-hmm. this. I mean, the way that he's able to handle pressure like that—that that was the eighth shutout for him this season, and he got the clean sheets. So we know we've yep. had him on here before, and he talked about that. That's his—he yep. has a clean sheet mentality. So that's huge. His performance this season and him coming here is a huge part with the inaugural season success.
3: City has four matches left. One of those is against Seattle. If City wins two and one of those. Victories is against Seattle. They will clinch the Western Conference.
4: It's amazing. I mean, for all of the prediction, all of the pro- projections going into the season, uh, Matt Baker listed all of the people that on Twitter he listed all, X, listed all the people and <laughs> where they had City ranked, 14th 14th, 13th, mm-hmm. like the bottom of the division, bottom of the conference and here they are sitting in first place with an with an opportunity to clinch first place for the division, I think that's amazing for your inaugural season to be an expansion team, just getting going, no one expected this hopefully they can carry this momentum and, and continue to go, you know, into the playoffs and, and you were talking about Roman Berkey what he said when he was on there, he said hey if, if I don't give up gold, goal, then we can't lose.
6: Yeah, <laughs> So that's that's, <laughs> that,
4: that, that's the bottom line. He puts a lot of pressure, I'm sure, on himself to make sure that he doesn't let anything behind him. And uh, the St. Louis City is, is best, better because of it.
5: And the fans showing up, too. I mean, the fans, the support. And that's what happens when you put a, bo- a, a good product out there, right? So you're talking about the start. I think a lot of people on the outside who didn't come here and see all the work that Carolyn Kendall and this ownership group put into making sure that this would be successful Bringing in loots, bringing in Carnell, people with experience like that knows what it takes to build. I mean, every time that we have Carnell on, I want to run through a brick wall after listening Mm -hmm. to him talk. It's easy to see how he's able to really bring out the best in his players, but also having the facilities ready. That's something that a lot of the players talked about, having that ready to go. That's something that the other expansion teams really didn't have the same thing happen for them. Like I think about Nashville SC, when they were awarded their franchise, they had to keep playing at Nissan Stadium for a while, and they just got their stadium recently. So imagine bringing in those key players like a Roman Berkey, Leuven, and also a Klaus. You're building that with that experience, but then you also have the facilities ready for them you're going to elevate your play to that and it also gives the fans a lot to get excited about going there looking at the atmosphere last night it was electric i know somebody texted in yesterday like oh i went and it's not that fun i don't know what you're talking about yeah. because i i'm like are we looking at the same thing here <laughs> like that's one of the best things to see in town is going to a city sc game
3: next match against minnesota united coming up on saturday 7:30 game in minnesota and uh SC right now they have 50 points and Minnesota has 37. So that that's a franchise that causes a threat. They got off to a great start in their existence, just like SC is, but they haven't really been able to maintain that they're minus one in goal differential. That's one of the ma- amazing things about SC they're plus 18 in goal differential. And that's number one in the West. And There's only one team, and that's Columbus Crew, that has a better goal differential in the whole league than City SC.
7: But they're middle of the pack in XG goal differential, Randy. So, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, you can have your expected goals, and I'll take my real goals. If you say so, I'll I'll take real goals. (laughs) It kind of matters. That's what matters. Yeah, yeah.
5: Yeah. Well, and something to watch for City SC is technically winless in their past four games. So, being able to maybe get back on track in that way. I don't know if it's just maybe just the guys coming back together. You have Klaus coming back, if that kind of factors into this, but just everybody getting acclimated back to each other.
7: Oh, yeah, I definitely think so. I thought thought we talked about the growth that, they're wanting to see now from the pairing between yes. Adanaran and Klaus, and I thought last night you definitely saw that. In fact, right before they they changed things up and went with some subs, Klaus uh, got a got a steal deep in their own end, and then threw like a sixty yard pass across the entire pitch. That, that caught Sam right on the feet and almost turned into a goal. I mean, that kind of pairing between those two as strikers, being able to stretch out the field like that, play defense, link things up, you know, be, be you know passers for each other. That's that's huge. In fact, one of the biggest problems in the game is that Nico came in, had an incredible chance to pass it off to Denneran for a wide open goal, and just kind of you know stalled with the ball and lost the opportunity. That was really one of the disappointing parts of the game.
5: Yeah, I totally agree. And then also, if we can just f- figure out why City SC keeps getting hosed on these VAR rulings. I think I that just, that'll be great moving forward.
7: It's, it's, uh, it, it, you know, there's the right three will go their way all of a sudden, and then and then it's kind eh. of you know it's exactly as many as
3: should have gone your way. They should have, you know,
7: things go away your way. Sometimes they don't. Congratulations. I, I like the controversy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations to uh, city SC on the, the draw with LAFC and closing in on the number one seed in the West. Coming up as the blue star training camp today, we're going to start our talks for the entire season with Bernie Federico, the hall of Famer of Valley sports. Bernard is next on 101 ESPN. You're
2: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: home of the blues 101 espn we already have a game coming up on saturday that's amazing isn't it blues and coyotes game one pregame at noon here on 101 espn and it's always great at this time of year to start our weekly conversations with the hall of famer bernie federco brooke grimsley is here super bowl champ carrie davis randy Carricker, and bernie good morning how you doing bernie federco are you there I am. Okay, good. Good morning. Great to have you with us again for the 23-24 season. How was your summer?
9: It was fantastic. You know, it was too long, I guess, so not making the playoffs last year. But you know what? We enjoyed the summer, and you know what? I'm ready for hockey again.
5: It is always exciting. It's good to hear from you, Bernie. Of course, there's a lot of things to watch for as we get started with training camp, but one person in particular that I'm interested in is with the retirement of Thomas Grice, that opens the door for 23-year-old Joel Hofer. What do you expect for him in this new role where he's going to be the backup with Bennington, to Bennington?
9: Well, it'd be interesting, I think, Brooke, uh, right now, I think that we all know that Bennington is the number one guy, and uh, how much time is Hofer going to get? That That's going to be kind of a question mark, but I think that he has proven over the course of the last couple of years that he is uh, the future of the Blues uh, between the pipes. Uh, uh, had a great year last year in the American Hockey League, and, and uh, he's got all the skills. I mean, he handles the puck very well. Uh, he's very poised in goal, and I, I think he, he plays an awful lot like the way Bennington does. So. Uh, obviously, it's up to the coaching staff to get him involved. And um, you know what? He's hes very capable, I think, of doing the job as a backup. Braden Chin was
4: named team captain a couple of days ago. In 1988-89 season, you were named team captain. Was there any added pressure for you going into that season?
9: Not really, Kerry. I mean, I think that you really don't want to change you know, what you do. I think uh, when you're named captain, there's a reason that you're named. And, and it's, a, I guess, the leadership qualities. I mean, you understand that as well, Kerry, is that you have certain guys on the team that you look up to as far as their work ethic and what they have to say at the right time. And, and it's kind of one of those things. You still rely on your teammates. I mean, I, you don't have to be the captain or even an assistant captain on a team to to, to be a leader in, in the room or uh, on the ice uh, it's one of those things that, I mean, Braden, there's no question in my mind that that was the right choice. Uh, I, I was 100% with that when they made the announcement because he's a guy that that lays it all out in the line, and not only for himself but for the team, and uh, he knows uh, what exactly has to be done to be successful, and, and he's been around an awful long time. So uh, I, I just hope that he doesn't try to add too much pressure for mm himself because he he knows what he's doing He, he he's done the job before and he just needs to continue what he has, has done in the past
4: you talked about your off season being longer than expected obviously because the blues didn't have a, a playoff run what do you think for this season what needs to happen for them to have that playoff run for
9: 2023-24 i just think that they have to believe in themselves and it's each other i mean I, I think when you look at the roster the roster is, is got some really really great players i mean i think this is the uh, the year of, of Thomas and Cairo. this is uh, this is their, uh, you know, they're under their new contracts now, and I think they understand that this is their team. Uh, they're, they're the nucleus of the hockey team. But when you look at guys, you know, like Butch Nevich and and, of course, Shen, we've talked about, you've got Varana and Kapanen coming in from last year that, um, you know, have one-year contracts left, uh, and, and I think that they've got a lot to prove. I mean, we've still got Brendan Saad. So, I mean, there, there's a, a, you know, you got the acquisition of Hayes now. Uh, Nick Ritchie may make this team. So when you look at the roster and the forwards, I really like what I see. And I think they just have to be a little more gritty. And I think the defense have got to play better than they did last year. And it's not just a defenseman. Uh, They can certainly step it up. The system has got to be better. They've got to check better as as five-man units. But I think that this team has got plenty of talent. And if they can just put it together, I think they have to really uh, have to have a good start And and really build off that and and really believe in each other and believe in themselves.
3: And Bernie, this is a sport where that, believing in each other and sacrificing for each other, is more important I think than in most other sports. From a captain's perspective and especially now, you observe, you aren't down there as much, but it seems like with younger players and they're out playing video games and they're on their phones and they're doing their own thing, it seems to me like it would be more difficult to foster
9: that, that esprit de corps than it was, for example, when you were playing. Thing. it kind of does Randy but I, I think it's still up to each individual to know what they have to do I mean yeah the the, the game has changed obviously the kids are, are younger they do a lot of different things they they don't I don't think follow us as closely as we did when uh, when we started our careers because I mean you have to look up to the veterans and, and what they said uh, you, you went by the book with them uh, I think it's a little different now but, but I think that uh, the captains the leaders on this team just have to get a feel for the room and when something has to be said, especially the younger players, it needs to be said. And I, and I don't think that there should be any fear of uh, saying something to, to someone who's in within a closed locker room and you don't say it to the press. Uh, but, but I think that the, the, the older guys on this team have to make sure that the younger guys are, are, are turning into leaders. And, and I think that's what these younger players have to want to be. They want to be leaders. Uh, they have to be wanting to be leaders before you can do that. But uh, I think that there's a plenty, plenty of veteran leadership in this team that, that should be able to get those young players to, to, to get on board and, and to, to, to try to be the new leaders of this hockey club.
5: Well, kind of talking about the leaders, what did you think of the picks for alternate captains?
9: Uh, that, that's no surprise. Either. I mean, I think Robert Thomas is, is, is going to come into a great year. I mean, I, I, I thought he played, played very well last year and, I think he's the future of this hockey club right now, and of course, with with Falk and Pareko, uh, both those guys have been around uh, an awful long time, and, and both of them uh, are big leaders as far as uh, ice time about playing against the, the top players uh, on the other teams. Uh, they have a voice, and I think very much looked up to. So I think was 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 very good choices, uh, you know, with the leadership. But I, I don't think it was any surprise, Brooks. I think uh, everybody knows who the leaders of this hockey club are. And even if they wouldn't have been name-capped, I think you're still going to be looking at those guys to make the to be the leadership on this hockey club.
3: Hey, Bernie, one more thing. You mentioned some names in Bucinavich and Verana and Kapanen, and you have such a great eye for the game. Is there somebody who you're looking forward to maximizing their skill set who really excites you?
9: Well, I really like the way Bucinavich plays. I mean, I think that he can be such a great player, and he's shown that in the past. And I think that, um, you know, I, I think he... He was really sour at the end of last year, where the way things worked out, not making the playoffs. So I expect him to, to really be one of those guys that really wants to be gung ho. But I also look, at I mean, you, you, we, we we saw Barano last year and, and, and Captain both, uh, you know, just uh, uh, it was such a short window that they were here for. I, I think. The way they have played in the past, I think that if they can turn their careers around right now, I think this can be nothing but positive for the Blues. So uh, I want to see what Jake Neighbors is going to do this year, and you know he's coming into his his own now as well. He's, he's been around a couple of years now, and I want to even see. Hey, maybe we'll see a little bit of this uh, Zach Dean or Zach Boldock. but we've got uh, you know the Blues got some young kids too that maybe we get to see. But I think that there's a lot of excitement, to, you know, coming into today with with cap opening and. Uh, I just think that uh, the, the guys just need to to show that, uh, hey, they're, they're sour about what happened and and that they can get things together and, and, and give everybody here in St. Louis uh, another taste of really some really great winning hockey.
3: Bernie Federico, it's so great to hear your voice. So great to have hockey upon us once again. We'll see you at the rink and we'll be talking to you every week here on 101 ESPN.
9: Look forward to it, guys. You guys have a great day. You too. Thank you. That is the great Hall
3: of Famer, Bernie Federica, with us on 101 ESPN. When I asked that question of him about guys maximizing their talents, I want to know if Jakub Varana is real. 10 goals in 20 games for the Blues. Mm-hmm. That's a 40-goal mm-hmm. score. Yeah. And if he can do that over the course of a season, then you, with Cairo and with Bucinavich, if you could keep him healthy, then you've really got something.
5: Yeah, I think so. I think it'll be interesting to see if he can build off of that. That's going to be a big question for him. And hopefully he can. It seems like... The there's something there with him talent-wise and that just keeping it honed in is going to be interesting. If he can do that, that'll be huge. Bucinavich to me, I thought that Bernie said it best. Bucinavich was the most impressive player to me last season. The way that he plays the game, the way that he is so passionate about it too, That's if you could have a million Bucinavichs, then I think you'd be set. Yeah.
4: Well, well Bucinavich was able to play center, able to play forward when, when uh, the trades happened. They moved him and he was, I guess, not as comfortable, but... Willing and able to do it—that's what you want from your team. And when you look at what Jakub Varana was able to do, he did show flashes. He's got great speed. You're like, "Oh, this guy can really play some hockey." Why? What's going on? He, you understand why he was a first-round pick, but also had some troubles, some issues that he dealt with. And hoping that you know being here in St. Louis was the thing that could turn him around and get him showing that first pick form, that, that first round form.
3: You're exactly right. And this is just in the last few years, 2021 season. That was uh, the year after the the COVID shortened yes. campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that was that was yeah. So he he played fifty games that year. Thirty nine in twenty twenty one played eleven games in uh, twenty one. No, twenty six games in twenty one twenty two, and then last year only played a total of twenty five. So he needs to stay on the ice. One other thing, and I asked Bernie. We all asked him about the leadership. Remember what a big deal it was when they went to the bar in Philly, Jack's Bar, and it was like five guys and they came up with the Gloria song? Yeah. They need something like that. It doesn't have to be a song, but just that sort of camaraderie to bring a group together
5: yeah yeah because there was a that group was so close Mm -hmm. in so many different ways and there was definitely differences with ages I think Craig Berube had a lot to do with bringing that group together the way that it kind of changed he was able to get guys to put their egos aside the way things changed once Berube got there I think says a lot about him as a coach it's. I hope that they are find a way to get closer. Braden Shin, to me, was the right choice. Robert Thomas, he's part of that younger player group. Hopefully, they will all be able to come together because that's what they said last season is they weren't able to come together early on.
3: That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. And we are at the midway portion of the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Do we need a fighter for the fight, Matthew? We do. If you would like to fight against me, just text in the word FIGHT to... 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Curious, why, why are you smiling and nodding? No, I just always smile when you ask if, if we need a fighter. Like, oh, okay. like
4: you forget that. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, know. I not sure. Sometimes, Sometimes he know. has one. Yeah, well. Mm-hmm. Y'all, because you need one every day because yeah, you, you beat day. him down.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> so
8: uh, <laughs>
3: the, the fight coming your way next on 101 ESPN. You're back to
1: the opening drive podcast on 101
3: ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to fight.
4: back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Eric. Eric, how you doing? Doing great, guys. How are you? Doing Good. wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy Carriker? I guess. So. All right, here we go. Which Cardinals outfielder hit the last home run in Bush Stadium, too? Was it Larry Walkers or Larry Walker?
6: <laughs> Reggie <laughs> Sanders
4: or Chris Duncan?
6: <laughs> oh, Chris Duncan.
5: Spencer Strider became the second Braves pitcher to ever toss 270 strikeouts in a season. Which of the 90s trio had more? John Smoltz, Tommy Glavin, or Greg Maddox?
0: Oh, man. We gotta go Greg Maddox.
5: It sounds almost like you're kind of cutting out a little bit. Greg Maddox?
0: Yeah, we'll go Greg Maddox. Okay. Thank you.
4: Which old school NBA great was known as the Houdini of the hardwood? Is it Bob Cousy, Jerry West, or Oscar Robertson? Uh, What was the last one again? Oscar Robertson. Let's go Oscar Robertson.
5: On this day in 1937, the Dean brothers became the first brothers to win both games of a doubleheader. They did it in impressive fashion with a one-hitter by Dizzy and a no-hitter by rookie Daffy. Which NL squad did they do it against? Was it the Giants, the Reds, or the Dodgers?
8: Uh the Reds.
7: All right, we'll double check our score and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Eric, how you feel? Not great. All right. You well, answered yes. that really quickly.
4: Uh, sometimes
6: <laughs>
4: <laughs> we we know how we know how it went based on uh, you know, is it's a little tougher in person than it is just listening in your car or on the way to work. Yeah. Uh, Randy. Randy, not Randy. Oh. You, <laughs> not, you not don't think this is tough? Too, no, uh, no. <laughs> Okay. Unless it's an A L N L question then we oh. don't that we get the
5: proper choices, then. it's really that's true. <laughs> true.
6: That's true. Yeah, or you, you just gotta... don't
5: even say it, which uh, one, and you just, just... know what Randy's going <laughs> to think first. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 All right,
4: Randy.
3: Did you say hello to Eric? Eric, good morning. How are you doing? Great, Randy. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We do greatly I appreciate too. it. All right, Randy. Here we go.
4: Which Cardinal outfielder hit the last home run in Bush Stadium two?
3: Uh, that would have been one. Chris Duncan.
5: Spencer Strider became the second Braves pitcher to. I'm, oh,
3: yeah, I, no, yeah I, I, I got it right. I'm, it's Chris Duncan. Were you? Sorry, you, I should have double check. No, Bush Stadium one was Mike Shannon. Bush okay. Stadium two you, was Chris is Duncan. Is that final answer? Oh yeah, it is. Final okay. answer.
5: I could tell. That's why I just stopped with my question. Uh, I was like, my, I, no, I was
3: this? thinking stadiums. That's <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Just making sure I got my number of stadiums right.
5: Final answer. Final. We're Chris good? Duncan. Okay. Yes. Question number two. Spencer Strider became the second Braves pitcher to ever toss 270 strikeouts in a season. Which of the 90s trio had more?
3: John Smoltz.
4: All right. Which old school NBA great was known as the Houdini of the hardwood?
3: The Houdini of the hardwood. I think I'll be able to get this with the lifeline.
4: All right. Is it Bob Cousy, Jerry West, or Oscar Robertson? Pretty sure
3: it was uh, Bob Cousy. Final question. Final, que- okay. final answer leads to final question. There we
5: go. <laughs> On this day in 1937, the Dean brothers became the first brothers to win both games of a doubleheader. They did it in impressive fashion with a one-hitter by Dizzy and a no-hitter by rookie Daffy. Which National League squad did they do it against?
3: 1937. So it probably was not the Brewers.
6: <laughs> um, the Brewers. I, I don't know
3: why. <laughs> um. I'm going to say, let's see, I'm going to, I always default to the Cubs here. I don't know why. So you've got uh, Phillies, Pirates, Dodgers, Giants, um, Braves, and uh, one other team. I think I'm just going to go Cubs just for fun. I'll go Cubs. Cubs.
7: Randy, it's been a short week for you. Are you feeling feeling the rust or are you feeling the rest more? I'm rested. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Does the rest get Randy to another win on this Thursday edition of The Fight? Or does Eric come on in and drop the hammer on character? Ring that bell. The winner
1: and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker.
2: The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town, why shop anywhere else? (laughs) Just win, baby.
6: You ain't first, you're last.
7: (laughs) A 3-1 victory for Randy Carricker today. Eric, thank you so much for joining the fight. Thanks, guys. No problem. Which Cardinals outfielder hit the last home run in Bush Stadium? It was, in fact, uh, Chris Duncan. Reggie Sanders hit one earlier in that game, but Duncan hit the last one later on in the game. The Cardinals, by the way, led up three home runs in the fourth inning of that game, all by Matt Morris to, to uh, the Reds, Red the opponent. Um But then again, the Cardinals got two later on that, and so it's a, it's a Cardinal who hit the last one in Bush Stadium, too. Spencer Strider became the second Braves pitcher. Oh, wait, last quickly. Last pitcher to get a win in Bush Stadium, too. Uh, last it's a very similar answer to Chris Duncan. If you
3: think about it, uh, let's see, two thousand five, huh? Uh, last pitcher overall to get a win. Brad Thompson. Oh, BT, how really? about that? Brad Thompson, oh, Brad, in the room
5: with us right Brad, now. In the room
3: with us right now, Brad
7: Thompson got the Very win in, in, in relief. Uh, Spencer Schreider, the uh, second Braves pitcher to ever toss 270 in a season, which 90s trio had more. It was 276 by John Smoltz, the highest in Braves history, which old school NBA great was known as the Houdini of the Hardwood, one of my favorite NBA nicknames. It was, in fact, for Bob Cousy because Oscar Robertson couldn't have both Houdini of the Hardwood and in the Big, Big O. o. That's no. just th- those, you can't have those good of nicknames at the same time. That's not fair. And my apologies. I had a typo on this one. 1934, not 1937. Oh, yeah, that was my fault. That was a typo
6: missed. on there.
9: 1937, <laughs> 1934, the Dean Brothers became
7: the first brothers to win both games of a doubleheader. Uh, I couldn't find another one who's done it since, but I didn't want to say that definitively. I just couldn't find one. They did it in impressive fashion with a shutout by Dizzy and a no hitter by the rookie Davy, and that was against the Brooklyn Dodgers. So it was a good against the Brooklyn Doyers, excuse me. So a 3 1 win with Randy character would have been 4 1 if I didn't fat finger a <laughs> 7 for a 4. Mm. But a nice <laughs> job today. By Eric on the fight. Thank you again for joining the fight and joining the show today.
3: Thanks,
0: guys. Y'all have a great day. You too, Eric. Great to have you with
3: us. Eric with us on (laughs) The Fight on 101 ESPN. Tonight, I'm going to be over at Llewellyn's in Webster. We've got the Mizzou Tiger Club get-together, so that'll be fun. Talk a little Mizzou football with them ahead of the game, which takes place on Saturday. 6.30 start for Mizzou and Memphis. Still tickets available, and there's going to be great tailgating. It's going to be a glorious night. 6.30 start, and you can get tickets at mutigers.com or at ticketmaster.com. And thanks to our friends at the Sports Commission, always trying to bring us great sporting events and It can. It'll be a fun game. You know what? You'll have fun just going to a sporting event, so just enjoy the tailgating. Get out and have some fun and enjoy the weather. I'm going to be down there. I'm going to tailgate and head to the game. It'll be great. Where's your usual tailgating spot, Randy? Uh, I have always tailgated for the Rams at the MAC lot right across the street from the stadium. But I think that lot is taken now for a tailgate. So I'm either going to go north of the stadium into the big grass lot there. Or I am going to go a little bit east of the stadium and mm. uh, find find a lot. But I'll find a spot. There's plenty of great tailgating spots around.
5: Yeah, there is. A so. L- lot to do. It'll be exciting this yeah.
3: weekend. It was fun to tailgate during the greatest show on Turf Era.
7: I legitimately
5: I think you, could, you could
7: inform great. a lot of St. Louis sports fans. About that fact, like I think there's a lot of people out there who would want to go, who are like, I, I would, I'd go tailgate this Mizzou game, but aren't actually aware of the amount of spots you can go tailgate. Yeah, there's a
3: there. big lot on LeCleeds Landing right across the street, so if you want to go over there, you can. You, all you need to do is there's a tunnel that goes from the dome to Lumiere Place, and you just go through that tunnel and you can get to get under the highway. It's very easy. So yeah, there's plenty of good tailgating spots for. Uh, for football at the Dome.
5: I saw a lot of people tailgating for the Battlehawks. Yeah, right. Yeah, they were in town. Yeah, That's
3: right? great. Coming up on 101 ESPN, we've got Bird. Well, the Cardinals lost last night 8-2 to two to yeah. the Brewers. I think we've got Bird droppings coming your way on 101 ESPN. Mm.
1: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN.
2: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. <laughs>
1: We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive.
3: About last night for Zach Thompson as the Cardinals fell to the Brewers by a score of 8-2. to two. Uh, It was a rough night night for several people. Although, uh, is it Jacob or Jacob Barnes?
5: Yaku. Yaku. Yaku, Yaku Barnes, Oh, yeah, J uh, yeah.
6: Bar, yeah. J Bar, okay. I like J Bar. Yeah. I
5: like Yaku better. Yeah, Because remember, bars. you remember when people were calling Rana Jacob?
6: Yeah, and he, yeah. <laughs> he was okay with he it. He didn't want
4: that. Oh, I thought he was okay with it. <laughs> oh, that might be. Yeah, I think he was like, mm.
3: Well, uh, this guy, Whatever. this is Americans. clearly Yacoub Barnes, though. Yeah. Uh, he only allowed one hit in two innings, struck out a couple. And then Seelaw nice. uh, came on. He allowed four runs in his two innings of work. 35 pitches, 22 strikes, and the earned run average at 6.20. <laughs> now, let's give Yacoub some credit here. Uh, his ERA down to seven point four five with the scoreless two. Yes, last night.
5: that's good, right?
3: Yep, it is. Good number. is a, Seven seven is a lucky number for a lot of people, and forty five might be the greatest Cardinal pitcher of all time.
6: Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, fun wah. with numbers. <laughs> what do we got, Brooke? What do you got?
5: Uh, mine is also. Uh, well yours was kind of a bird watch mine is a bird dropping Rob, you you should be so proud
3: that was just a description of the game
5: (laughs) yeah that was yeah so (laughs) rob reigns of scl sports page had this fun little stat i I, not fun i'm i'm kind of joking around here not so great stat that he included in his notes from last night he said the cardinals have been outscored 104 to 83 in the first inning this season uh also another little tidbit they've also allowed 105 runs in the Seventh inning this season. What is? What do you guys think with that? Because I feel like it circles back to the issues that we've been talking about all season: starting pitching and the bullpen. And it seems like with the offenses too, when they get into these holes, then they're not able to climb back out. Or even when they do, you have your bullpen possibly implode. I think that there's that's a very intriguing stat that kind of encapsulates what we've seen this season.
3: One of the things that Dave Duncan did very well is have a game plan for his pitchers. very And Yachty, too. A very detailed game plan that attacked the weaknesses of the opposition and also uh, emboldened the strengths of his starting pitcher. And I don't know if this is the case, but I wonder about the early innings game plan that Cardinal pitchers employ. I mean, look at a guy like Miles Michaelis, who's so good after the first inning. And it's yeah. almost like they have to explore what is before them before they can settle down yeah. rather than uh, as dick for used to say gentlemen you can't ease into a street fight and it seems like there's a lot of easing in for whatever reason on the part of cardinal pitchers maybe the game plan is wrong could
6: be, <laughs> could be.
4: <laughs> you realize that after oh well, that's not the right thing to do or maybe they just don't have the first four to five batters scouted out
3: properly I don't know. Yeah. It just seems like there should be, you should be better in the first inning. That's when you should be your best.
5: Yeah. And it's just, it's very weird because we've seen that. I felt like that that was really what killed things in the first half of the season for the Cardinals is when your pitchers would give up a big lead. And then for the offense to already be in that hole, it just seems like they constantly struggled to have to find a way to claw back and get back into at least making it close. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when they did, then you had your bullpen come in and just implode.
7: Randy, We call that hustling pitching. Oh, we we yeah, we get the lines up in been. Vegas because it's 4-0 oh by the second, but then we really shut them down.
10: Oh, yeah, got it. Man. That's, what, okay. we, that's
6: yeah.
7: what we're looking for. Yep. Uh, mine is a bird watch slash poop.
6: What? Can you both? <laughs> yes, you can do. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay.
4: yeah. Watch those droppings. <whistles> there you go. So, the good news. Jordan Walker... Is hit in six of his last six games, eight of mm-hmm. his last ten. Bad news is that was a really terrible play out in right field. He, I don't mm-hmm. know what. I, I, I guess the ball got lost. He, it, it was. Not as bad as Marcelo Zuna diving, uh, climbing the wall mm-hmm. and the ball falling short. He kind of dove and the ball went over his head. <laughs> I, one and the same. Yeah. Yeah, you, we'll figure it out. But he is hitting the ball pretty well. Uh, right now he's batting three oh two in the month of September, 881 uh, OPS. So he's doing well. He's figuring some things out. And I think that that gives him, that will give him more confidence going into uh, 2024. Obviously, that was just a bad play. That was a really bad play. He's yeah. Yeah.
3: still finding his way. He, he, is. he I kind of chuckle. I said one what, mm-hmm. what
6: are you doing, son?
5: Well, and if you're talking about Marcelo Zuna, Marcelo Zuna had a lot more experience, so that's what made no, that yeah, even yeah. worse. But that, that was still one of my favorite moment, moments. It, it, it was, was so bad. It's like, what was he looking at? It was
3: amazing. <laughs> Former gold glover too. Yeah,
5: yes, it just amazing. didn't make any sense. That yeah. was a... Uh, it happens to the best yeah. of them.
3: It does. If you yeah. misjudge
4: a ball here and there. You're going to get two of them hit out there.
3: Uh, guys... Nolan Arnato hit 253 with a 709 OPS in August. In September, he's hitting 219 with a 532 OPS. If the guy is hurt, shut him down. Don't take chances with the health of Nolan Arnato. And I know he wants to play, he wants to earn his money, he wants to compete. At some point, there's got to be an adult in the room that says, Hey, you're not healthy. You're not doing yourself any good. You're not doing us any good. It doesn't matter now. Take the last. 10 games off, okay? I wish the Cardinals would do that for the sake of Arenado and for their future.
5: Yes.
4: I, I'm, I, I've been saying it all year. I thought his back was bothering him. He kind of looked. I, I think it's
3: been more recent than that. <laughs> um, how long? About a week back. Okay, oh. all right. <laughs> 530, 532 OPS in the 16 games in September and October. That's, and a 219 batting average. And we know what he is. We know he tries hard. And he had to deal with shoulder issues in his last year in Colorado. I just hope that they, they don't mess around with his health and uh, give somebody else an opportunity. Let uh, let uh, play over there or somebody else. Man, there's a bunch of who he play for. We, we got a bunch. Of, we need to
4: play that game. Is he still here? Yeah, yeah Is He's, I mean, he's he still here. here night. Night. Like, yeah, Broke. <laughs> <laughs> he, so, but we night. can't he play just, Gorman
3: over there. We can't play Modder Gorman over there. Smart.
4: Well, who's he, Modder isn't here. I know. Yeah, uh, bro. Do you miss him? I, I think do. we all do Yeah We missed the flows
5: No
6: oh, yeah. There you go <laughs> yes.
3: Well Number one He had great flows. And in it Did you see Miles Michaelis Clean shaven Faceless did, Yeah. I don't know How I felt about that uh, It's a little, a little weird. weird I don't know It
4: didn't sit well with me <laughs> <laughs> It's just so uncomfortable
3: Before <laughs> Brendan Donovan Got hurt When you had Harrison Bader And you had Michaelis At the top of his game It's so much great here And now we
5: should it be a requirement? There's at least like one. Got to have one.
3: Hair at flow one. going on. Yeah. Yeah. We got to have one. That
5: was uh, a Miles Michael was. I kind of
4: had to take a double look. Like, who like is who's
3: that? Who's that pitching? That Pitch yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> and he had a good razor because it was really clean shaven. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he did a good job. Anyway, I don't know who you play over there at third, but uh, there's got to be somebody that could play third base for you
6: hmm. for yeah. the next
3: ten games.
6: Let John Walker
3: not? get a couple of games there. He can play third base. He's yeah. It before. Yeah. Okay. Now we're thinking outside the box. Yeah. I mean, just Randy.
4: At this point, where's your hat, Rock? We just pick names out of hats. Yeah, so uh, you, you, third
3: base. Never
6: done it before. Coach, it doesn't
3: matter.
4: You
6: know,
3: yeah, figure it out. So it can't be Donovan. It can't be Gorman. Can't be Modder, uh, Can't be DeYoung. Who else have we yeah. have floating? Are you saying
5: there? like you bring Guys somebody up? Here?
3: I, I'm trying to think of
4: what Who's infielders here? they have. Yeah, Tommy Edmund, mm-hmm. Mason Wynn. He can play third. Can he? Edmonds played a lot of third, yeah. Who do they have it? Play- I, don't, I don't even know who's still here. The whole team
3: is hurt, Randy. Yeah. Yeah. So, but don't I mean, the big boy, number 28, just give him a let give him, him rest. Yeah. rest. Yeah. it
5: There's nothing wrong with that.
3: No. All right, there you have it. That is your bird watch, here, or bird droppings on 101 ESPN. And coming up, we've got our rush hour reset. Great soccer, not so great baseball. We've got Thursday Night Football for you tonight here on 101 ESPN as well. We'll tell you about that next on 101 ESPN.
2: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset.
3: It is 9 o'clock in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. The Cardinals will wrap up their series with the Brewers today at the ballpark. It's a 12-15 contest over at Bush Stadium. And it's kind of overcast, but I think the weather's going to be good. This will be, if you're going to go to your last game of the season, and there's only three games left after today here at home, this is a good one to go to. You'll have uh, Milwaukee pitching Wade Miley against Miles Michaelis twelve fifteen at the ballpark today. On the heels of the Brewers eight 2 win over the Cardinals last night, and the Brewers trying to take three or four in the series, and their magic number is—is is it one? The Brewers, it, yeah. Uh, I thought that's what I heard last night. It may maybe. Let's just double check here. Uh, their number is. Uh, no, it's actually four. So is it four? Oh. Yeah. But I think it might be one to make the to clinch a playoff spot mm. for to clinch the division. Mm.
5: That's a weird feeling. And just knowing that the Cardinals are el- eliminated this season, it's just I hate this feeling yeah. of just knowing that. hope the I, Cardinals do too. Yeah, I hope that they do, and I hope they take notice of that. And we'll make changes this offseason. I want to ask you guys, if there's any concern that you have about Wilson Contreras, he left the game with a wrist injury. Do you think that maybe they should just tell him Rest of the season, we're gonna hold things off, or do you just kind of wait it out a little bit? Because you do have Yvonne Herrera up yeah. here because of Alec Burleson going on the IL. What do you guys think about that?
4: Maybe don't catch him anymore. I mean, it, it, you've you've your body gets banged up pretty badly yeah. behind the plate, and so I think at this point, you know, ten games left, nine games left. You just mm-hmm. what, what what do we what are we trying to prove here?
5: Yeah, you well, because you worry about aggravating he, it even
4: more, and and he's going natural competitors are going to want to play him, mm-hmm. Nolan Arnato. We were talking about him last segment, potentially sitting out for the rest of the year. They're not going to want to do that, but, you know, maybe give them an opportunity to take some days of rest or D.H. if you're Nolan Arnato, D.H. if you're Wilson Contreras and not have to be in your natural position, you know, crouching down or bending down, trying to field balls and make plays.
5: I agree. I think that that's the move, especially for him right now, because Nolan Gorman also out. So then you have that opportunity where you could just have him D.H.,
3: Yeah, just utilize them that way. Yeah, the City SC expansion team did something that very few other expansion teams have done. They beat or they drew with the defending champion LAFC last night, and SC clinched a playoff spot with a loss by uh, a a loss a win by Minnesota, right over Portland last night. No, uh,
5: LA Galaxy beat beat Minnesota. LA Galaxy beat
3: Minnesota and bows. SC to clinch playoff spot.
5: Yes, exactly. Nice. I, and I, that's why I was saying earlier is that I just wish that it would have we would have known earlier and so you could have seen them celebrate with the fans but still that result last night you would have liked to see them come away with a win but getting the draw either way mattered when it came to Western Conference standings and be able to create more of that separation.
4: Yeah, I think maybe don't celebrate if you didn't win the game. That's always been kind of yeah. a pet peeve of mine when teams clinch but they didn't win the game but they clinch because another team won. What if it's yeah. a draw though?
6: Because a
4: draw against the FC is kind of a win, uh, 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 Randy. I don't, I don't know. I don't think a draw is ever a win. It goes in a different spot in the it's in the column.
7: It's listen. It's how the sport works. You still get a point. They don't get three. Yeah, but it would have completely
4: changed. You know, changed. they got W's. I they got know. L's, huh? and then they got T's. Yeah.
7: Is it T's or a D's? T's. Yeah, some D's are W's. Some D's are L's. No, D's are never
4: W's or L's. They're D's. says that's. It's like saying I got a D and it's an A. No, it's it's a D. You got a D on your test, son. It's not an A. That's well, a little I did different. Better than I normally did. No, no, no. It's still a D. No, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, congratulations to... Uh, St. Louis City SC, they have four games left, four matches left. And if they win two of those and one of those wins is against Seattle, they'll clinch the top spot in the West. They, one of the four games is against Seattle. If they beat Seattle and one other team, they'll clinch the top spot in the West. So that would be a monumental achievement on the part of St. Louis City SC.
5: It is. It's exciting. As we were talking about how tough it is for the Cardinals right now, and you want to see the Cardinals, of course, make a lot of changes this offseason so we don't have to continue to experience this. I hope that this creates even more City SC fans because that is so exciting to watch in their inaugural season.
0: Pretty amazing.
4: Yeah, it is fun. This is, for the projections at the start of the season, I read them down to you earlier, uh, just 13, 14, 14, 13, 13. It's just everyone predicted them mm-hmm. to finish last or second to last in the, in, the, in the conferences. The fact that they are ahead first place with an opportunity to win it, I think that's amazing. And I already have clinched the playoffs, but that in itself is amazing.
3: Now let's be greedy. Yeah, let's go get let's, some more. Let's be greedy. There is Thursday Night Football tonight here on 101 ESPN. pregame at 6.30 for the Niners and the Giants. The mm-hmm. Niners are the best team in the uh, NFC, okay? They already are. The Giants will be without Saquon Barkley, who's their best player, and they'll be without their left tackle, Andrew Thomas. He's already been ruled out. <laughs> I wonder what the, what's happened with the line on this game. Uh, Matthew is our resident it's line expert. got to be 6.5. I think I would take San Francisco to cover. I think ten so. a Ten and a half, and half right ten
4: now. Ten and a half. Ooh, that's a little scary. Yeah. Six and a half, I would have took it. Ten and a half feels like a lot, but it's a short week. Um, the Giants aren't
3: really good right now. No. And now they don't have their left tackle, and they have to go against yeah. that pass rush. Yeah. Woo. And you it don't have
4: a, I mean, Saquon Barkley was your guy. He's he's out. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I hope they don't the mon- lose 40 to nothing the
7: again. The money line <laughs> for the 49ers is minus 520. I'm taking 10.5 all day long and not sweating it. That's a 13 point win easy. Oh. 27 14? I mean, that's that's it. That's 27 14. I don't think they'll get 14. So Well, then yeah, you're, you're feeling pretty. You don't think
4: like the 49ers are going to get 24? I hope Brandon Ayuk is healthy from a fantasy team. Right, fair enough.
3: Mm. <laughs> that's, that's what we terrible. care
4: about that's here. That's all that matters yeah. here. If yeah. yeah. Saquon is down, that puts me in a little bit of a.
3: And uh, one other thing, a couple of things. We've got a lot of Bears fans in St. Louis. The Bears defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, resigned, says that he's resigning because of health issues. 53 years old. He didn't coach last week. Matt Eberflus has taken over the defense. And I'm assuming that Williams is telling the truth, even though he says he wants to get better in coaching the NFL again. And you also yesterday... And this is no reflection on Alan Williams, but you had the Bears quarterback, Justin Fields, saying that the way he's coached makes him feel robotic and that he doesn't feel that he's being being utilized as effectively as he can because he's not allowed to use his natural skill set.
4: Um, so I think there's there's something there as a coach. Your job is to put your players in the best position possible. Oftentimes, you have coaches who this is my system, this is how I run my offense, this is how I run my defense, and you have to fit into that. Oh no, you—the you, best coaches, in my opinion, are the ones that are able to, you know, put their system around the players that they have. And so, if you have a Justin Fields, you got to find a way. You—you you added DJ Moore in the off season. You got to find a way to make him the best player that he can be. Mm-hmm. And right now, he's not. And so, you got to find a way to make sure that he's able to run the ball, pass the ball have easy throws, things that can get him comfortable in the pocket, outside of the pocket, and have success. You just want him to start having some type of success in order to feel better about, you know, what he's doing and what he's got going on.
5: And the expectations were so high for him this season, and it seems like nothing has really panned out so far.
4: Not at all. I mean, that, that. Yeah, I, but it's important to remember, the Bears did have the number one pick before they traded it away. <laughs> So that means they were the worst team in the NFL last year. So to believe with him. Yes. So to believe that, you know, a few draft picks uh, and a receiver were going to change the fortune of the Chicago Bears from being the worst team in the NFC. I thought he would take a step forward, but. I mean, you got to have some guys around you that can help you and have some offensive play callers that can help you as well.
3: I know a guy who uh, was around Eberflus in Indianapolis when he was their defensive coordinator. And by the way, Matt, Eberflus is a Gary Pinkle guy. He was the defensive coordinator at Mizzou for many years. Mm -hmm. But uh, my uh, NFL coaching friend said that uh, he wasn't impressed when the Bears hired him as their head coach. Not not a very creative guy. Just kind of a a, a, a a very linear guy. Yeah, well. Not not outside the box at all.
6: Well,
5: do you think that that's what Fields is trying to insinuate in certain it ways? It sounds like it,
3: yeah. It is does. that
5: the best way to handle that, though, is the big question you guys you, think? Uh,
3: you,
4: I, I think yes and no. I mean, if how else would it get handled if he didn't say it publicly? Yeah. Now, the backtracking, you know, he's saying he feels robotic and maybe coaching could help. I don't know. The backtracking is he said what he said, mm-hmm. and what he said in that real moment is is probably what was really in his heart when he heard it and started getting the messages from everyone else and all of the you know the the, the conversation shifted to him not being good enough. I'm sure he was like, well, that's not really what I was trying to imply. What I'm saying is we all got to be better, and mm-hmm. you all took it out of context. No, we we, we didn't. You said it.
5: Yep. Yeah. You just got to stand by your comments when you say that. Easy. Or just say no yeah. comment after that.
3: That is our Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got Mizzou and Memphis in town on Saturday night. Memphis Product Isaac Bruce and Mizzou product Mike Jones, two heroes from the Ram Super Bowl thirty four victory, will join us next to talk about Mizzou and Memphis here on the opening drive on one hundred one ESPN.
1: You are back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred one ESPN,
2: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to feed the Tigers on the opening drive. This is the morning zoo. On 101 SPN. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote, and he will donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. Carltoninsurance.net. First and 10
8: from the 27. Warner back to throw. Rainbows the far sideline, and it is caught by Isaac Bruce. Makes the move to the 30,
10: 25-20, and they won't catch him today! Yes. Touchdown,
8: Rams! 73 yards for the Reverend Ike, a one-on-one situation on the far side. What a move he made, coming back to the football, and then leaving everybody in his way. Back to throw is McNair, he's got Kevin Dyson, reaches to the goal line, no, he falls at the one, time runs out, that's Good. it! That's it, man. The St. Louis Rams are the world champions as Tennessee comes up one yard short. The keys
3: to a Super Bowl 34 victory for the St. Louis Rams were a wide receiver from Memphis and a linebacker from Mizzou. And Memphis and Mizzou play Saturday night at the Dome. Tickets available at mutigers.com or by going to ticketmaster.com and joining us now on the Celebrity Line. Mizzou's Mike Jones and Memphis's Isaac Bruce. Isaac, good morning. First of all, how you doing?
10: Hey, what's up, Randy? Uh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, Mike Jones, what's going on? Just to let you know I'm game tempo right now. So, uh, I'm,
6: taking,
10: I'm taking it to the ground. There's no study. So, slap
11: it up. Uh, <laughs> so what do you gotta say to that, Michael? Uh, you know what? It's the, it's the Hall of Fame. I, I can't. I can't say anything to it. But we'll see you on Saturday. <laughs> 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 All right. So
3: let, let's start with this, uh, Isaac. Do you have a prediction for Saturday? Um,
10: uh, I, I I have a prediction. Let's just be clear. You know, Mike and I have been uh, talking about Mizzou, Memphis, possibly getting together. I guess that's since we met each other, so. Um, it's taken a long time, and I'm glad it's finally here. But my prediction, my prediction, uh, you know, Mizzou doesn't score many points, <laughs> so I say I say Tigers, I say Memphis Tigers win, All uh, All
3: right,
11: Mike.
10: My prediction is
11: Mizzou too many. <laughs> Maybe <is>
6: not
4: enough. <laughs> now, now I got to ask you all because you all know uh, when we're in the locker room when our colleges play another play play against each other. There's a, a friendly wager going on. Sometimes it could be some cash. Sometimes it could be you know you wearing the opposing team's gear after a loss. Is yeah. there a, a wager taking place between the two of you?
10: So that, you know, you know, the jersey part is even more humiliating. That's worse uh, than spending money. I got, know, I promise, it is. Listen, listen. I got, I got so heated one time. We played Tennessee, and and we ended up not having enough points. And Leonard Little put his college jersey in my locker. You know, you know, it was bad news for the Atlanta Falcons that Sunday when we played. So I had to pick it out on somebody. Yeah.
3: So, Isaac, have you ever had to wear somebody else's jersey, another
10: team's jersey? You know, that's the closest I've got. I mean, I, I've actually seen that happen in the locker room, and it's not a pretty fact, man. I mean, just to see, you see a Buckeye wearing a Wolverine jersey, or oh. vice versa, man, that, that's not, I mean, it, it's not pretty at all. It itches, it, man. It never ends. It goes deep. It goes deep. So... I mean, you know, our careers can be over, but you'll still get that text message, you know, with a picture of you wearing the wrong jersey. That just yep.
3: doesn't go. Uh, Mizzou played Oklahoma one time. It was Bradford and Denario Alexander were both on the Rams. And obviously, Oklahoma won the game. And, uh, or no, Mizzou beat them because Bradford had to wear around a uh, number 14. Uh, actually, Denario had the equipment guys make up a number 14 Bradford-Mizzou jersey for him. And Sam looked great in the black and gold. I kind of wish he would have played four years there.
10: Wow, well, wow, well wow. That's the joy of college football, man. We, we love it. I mean, you know, it's your alma mater. I mean, when we played, there was no switching schools like it is right now. So it was one school, you made the best of it, and uh, you got you got the rest of your life to cheer for that program.
5: Well, yeah. I, lo- I love to hear some of the smack talk, and I know that we already did the score predictions, but give me your best sales pitch, each one of you guys, your best sales pitch on why you think Mizzou will win or why you think Memphis will win.
11: Well, I mean I, I, I believe is playing well. I mean I, I Memphis has a great football team. It's not, kid, I said, they're not killed It's gonna be a challenge for the for Mizzou this weekend. I, I just think playing in Saint Louis, all these kids up from the Saint Louis area, you know what kids, young men from the Saint Louis area to get an opportunity to play in a dome that, you know, many of them didn't get an opportunity to play in. Uh, they get a chance to play in front of their families, um so it's going to be a, a, a motivation period, and I think that's this past weekend, that K State game. I think I think they're going to grow from that. So I think between those two things, I think that'll uh, help them win this
10: game. Well, well, I'll say this: I watched the end of that game last last week, and we we're all talking about young men who are still being trained, who aren't as seasoned as pros are. And I feel like you know, there's probably still celebrating that that Kansas State win. So it, it's the perfect opportunity for 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 Memphis to come in. And mind you, this game was supposed to be played in Memphis. Let's just let's just put that out. So yep. I, I understand Memphis ain't for everybody. I mean, so we we can we can take it up 55 by four hours, and then, uh, we're gonna bring a whole you know a whole bus load of people. We're gonna bring we're gonna bring the real barbecue to St. Louis. <laughs>
11: <laughs> wow, okay. We're going to take
10: care of business.
4: Now, now Mike, I got to ask you this because I know I know how competitive locker rooms are. When you all played, they were the greatest show on turf. They got a lot of love. They got a lot of attention. But you all had some guys as well. London Fet- Fletcher, who I believe should be a Hall of Famer. Todd, like Kevin Carter, yourself. You, you all had some guys. What was yeah. the conversations like in that locker room? And, and you talk about game tempo and taking it to the ground. I'm sure there were a few times where you all had to take them guys to the ground. Well,
11: you know what? It, we were the opposite. I'm going to be honest with you. And the reason why I'm saying that, and Isaac could tell you this, no first two years it took so much out of us. <laughs> I think we got, we got closer <laughs> <laughs> instead of further away. So, uh, I mean, when, when, when he took the pads off, it was like, okay, he's giving us, you know, we're getting a vacation. <laughs> this isn't a break. This is a vacation. So, you know, so Isaac could tell you, like I said, the, after we took that, now, granted, I, I, I can remember a couple times. With, the, the younger guys, in particular, I remember a Dre Bly situation, and you know it—it it, it was more. It was not offense defense. It was more younger, older. Am I saying that about right, uh, Isaac? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> You're in the right on the head, right yeah, on the head. Yeah. So I mean, I think because you, you got to realize now, you got you had two years of Coach Mill that was beating the hell out of it. There's no way around it. <laughs> and then and then the young guys come in, and you think about this. Now you've been going through hell. So I got to say it. For two years, and then and then you come back, and now these young guys are getting. You know, we we you know we club mad, and I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute, you know. So you're not even mad at the guy you're playing against. You're looking at these young guys like you guys haven't got opportunity. You didn't. You never had. You never witnessed or had the. I won't say the privilege. The 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 horror of going through the two years we had. So I mean, it was it was it was different. It was like I said, it wasn't the offense defense. was more younger. Older.
4: Now you all had, because uh, uh, I want to give a, get a comparison. We, Mike Tomlin's first year in Pittsburgh, we were literally in full pads every every Wednesday, even in the first round of the playoffs. Every, I mean, we didn't take the pads off. So were you all training camp full pads throughout the entire season, like that? Kerry, because that was absurd oh, to no. me. Isaac, I got <laughs> to ask you. I feel, I,
10: ask you. I, feel <laughs> I feel sorry. I feel and sorry no one. I feel sorry <laughs> for no one, Okay. For her, yeah, no one. You can't you can't make me feel sorry for you, man. I can't right. hear right. I can't yeah, hear a go. story about go. somebody being in pads every Wednesday for an entire sixteen seasons. That, that's absurd to me, man. I mean I mean I just so, hey, so that tells well, I, me that, I, tells, I, me that I, tells me that your pads were off on Tuesday on your day off. <laughs> on Thursday on your day right, off. On Friday right. you had no pads. That's what that tells me. Okay? You, you can't make <laughs> me feel sorry. Mike's <laughs> the <first. laughs> same. You can't make us feel sorry. <laughs> That's not happening. Uh, oh, the first, hey, that, the first year, and this
11: this is no lie. Coach Mill gives us a schedule, so you looking at the schedule, and he gives you everything for 365 days, and then you open the book up and I'd say the price schedule. So I'm looking at the practice schedule. I'm like, man, they got a typo. Because it said we practicing two and a half hours in the morning and three hours in the afternoon. <laughs>
10: mm-hmm. I'm
11: like, okay. I, said, I know his detailed. He must have made a mistake. And, man, we would have two inside
10: run periods and two 7-on-7 periods <sighs> and two special team periods. <laughs> Oh, and, there you go. And the Is PA, that... the PA had to send a reminder that players get a day off every seventh day. <laughs> 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 yeah. And his mindset, his mindset was that you know after fourteen straight days of that that schedule, one day you should be recovered, and then we we jump right back uh... to it. That was his mindset.
3: I, I, I do apologize.
10: <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: uh, a couple more things before we let you guys go. And uh, Isaac, you mentioned that you guys didn't have the transfer portal. Uh, just talk about the, because I know you have it, the level of pride that you have in uh, the University of Memphis when it was there, Memphis State University.
10: Yeah. I mean, listen, they gave me an opportunity to play uh, Division One football uh, in a great city, uh, great people. Um, I, I have some relationships that they'll never die. Uh, just from being at that school. And, uh, you know, I played a great brand of football, had an opportunity to play a schedule that was, uh, you know, kind of prepared me for the next level. And, you know, I'm very grateful to uh, Chuck Stobart. I'm grateful to Randy Feetner. Uh, those guys offered me in a scholarship. But, you know, I did I did my very best to make sure that Memphis wasn't just looked at as a basketball school but a, a, a program, a football athletic, pro, a, a sports athletic program that can compete with anybody in the nation.
3: And, Mike, what about you at Mizzou? You
11: know what? I, it was it an was opportunity for me to play in my home state uh, two hours from home. Um, it, was, it was just a great opportunity. I, you know, we didn't win many games as I would like. You know, we struggled at times. But, you know, it was a great experience, great guys I played with, you know, so I, I really enjoy playing at University of
3: Missouri. And one of the great events on our St. Louis sports calendar is the annual Isaac Bruce Foundation Gala. Gala that's coming up in October. Isaac, I know you you got it coming up. Tell us a little bit about what you got going on this
10: year. Yeah, I think it'll be the best one ever. We have uh, a food from uh, you know uh, supporting vendors sponsorships are going to come in. Uh, we're doing great things with our Flight 300 program. Uh, we got a special guest coming in this year. I mean, we can just pass the microphone to this guy, and he can talk for, for four hours. <laughs> uh, Warren Sapp, we're, we're bringing him in. So he's going to have some great stories. We get, the, we get a chance to hear the other side of the 1999 NFC Championship and their thoughts, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks thoughts, uh, going up against the Greatest Show on Turtles and, and, and the Rams at that time. So it's going to be a great event. Uh, almost uh, sold out of tickets. So guys, got, if you want to come and attend, you have to pay at the door. And it'll be a special event. All the funds go to the Fight 300 program, which is doing great things in the community.
3: Fantastic. Hey, guys, it's so great to hear from you. Thanks so much for the time today. Good luck to both of you on Saturday for Mizzou and Memphis. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks, gentlemen. Go Tiger, uh, thank you. Go. <laughs> See you later. Mike, great. Mike Jones, Isaac Bruce on 101 ESPN. Tickets available for Mizzou and Memphis. You can go to Ticketmaster.com or go to MUTigers.com and get tickets. in for Isaac's Gala on October 6th, just go to IsaacBruce.org, IsaacBruce.org, and Warren Sapp. It'll be very entertaining. Isaac and... Uh, and Warren together will be quite a show, and uh, it is Isaac does a and his foundation do a magnificent job with their annual gala. Coming up, Jeremy Rutherford joining us to talk some blues hockey on this first day of training camp, twenty twenty three. I'm one hundred and one ESPN.
1: You're back to the opening drive podcast on one hundred and one ESPN,
2: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
1: It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN.
0: Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go.
11: Day one of
3: training camp as the Blues get started on the 23-24 campaign. And we head to the celebrity line. Our friend Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider from The Athletic, joins
8: us now. JR, good morning. How are you doing? Oh, Doing great, especially after that interview. I could listen to Isaac and Mike Jones all day long. I remember those 105-degree practices out of the comb. <laughs> Randy, I saw you out there, and uh, I just know that those guys were wiped out after those practices, and Danny Mack and I were headed to Dairy Queen after the practice. <laughs> <laughs> do,
3: do you remember? I was just telling Kerry, even as media members, we had to stand on the sidelines for five and
8: a half hours a day. We did. We did. Like, I was mad at Coach Ramil. (laughs) I'm writing writing an article that I'm going to get paid $25 for and I got to sit out here for five hours.
5: (laughs) That's funny. I know it was a great interview. Well, of course, we have to ask you about the big news coming out, which was Brayden Shin being named the captain. It seemed like it was the right choice. And I know you did a one on one interview with him, which you can see in The Athletic. What was the biggest thing that you took away from that conversation with Brayden Shin?
8: You know, I think that uh, a lot of us assume that a guy is going to be the captain. And I think for a couple of years now, even before Ryan O'Reilly got to see, we thought that Braden Shen could be that guy. And just how behind the scenes Braden Shen doesn't even know. Like he read like the rest of us and heard from Doug Armstrong that it was going to be a process. And so Braden Shen just kind of waited it out. And then all of a sudden he gets a text message from uh, Doug Armstrong saying, hey, let's get together and, and meet down at the rink. And so he sat with them and and accepted the C, and and now we move forward with uh, Braden Shen as the captain. And in listening to Braden Shen, not only up on stage do the interview, but uh, having a chance to talk with him for a few minutes, he's really excited about this. He said, look, I feel like I don't have to go be somebody that I'm not. I feel like this comes natural to me. And the one line that really stood out to me is he said that I care about bringing teammates together. So I think that's exactly what Doug Armstrong was looking for. That's what the blues need. And that's what they're hoping Braden channel bring.
4: JR, Jr. Uh, how important is it for jo- Jordan Cairo to play well defensively? I think of him as like, you know, you think of James Harden or Carmelo Anthony in basketball guys that score, but maybe don't have the commitment as much commitment on the defensive side. How important is it for him to really dial in and lock in on the defensive end as well?
8: Yeah, really important. It is. And uh, I've got an article up now on Jordan Cairo at the athletic. I talked to him last week for about 20 minutes and You know, Kerry, I'd be interested in your take here. A lot of times when reporters interview athletes, and I mentioned this in the article, when you ask about last season and what went wrong, a lot of them will default straight to themselves. Like a Ryan O'Reilly, he'll say, well, I could have done better. I could have done X, Y, Z. And some athletes will say, well, as a team, we needed to be better. Jordan Cairo, he's the guy who will say it just went bad for the team last year and we need to get better but that doesn't mean that he doesn't understand where he needs to grow his game. And, and when I talk to him about the defensive zone, when I talk to him about being consistent, winning battles, all the things that you hear Craig Ruby say they need from Jordan Bennington, he sounded committed more so than I've ever heard him before to bring in that uh, element to his game. So, you know, who knows what we're going to be talking about a month or two into the season, same Jordan, Jordan Cairo, or it really looks like he's taken some strides. But just in sitting down and talking to him about those areas of his game, he does realize the importance of bringing that. If he
4: scores 50 goals, we can uh, give him a little bit of pass on on the defensive
8: end. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. You know, I don't know here in St. Louis. I don't know. I'm telling you. I'll I'm give him a pass. You. Yeah. When, when I did the uh, bold predictions a couple of weeks ago, I said he's going to score 45, and the response was, "Well, how many is he going to be on the ice against?" You know, and and so, so, <laughs> so I don't know. But uh, I did talk to uh, Craig Ruby and I said, "Is he a 45? Is he a 50 goal scorer?" And he said, "Oh, he can be for sure." And I said, I know you want him to play D, though. And, and he said, just like a lot of other uh, your coaches will tell you, he said, look, I don't think playing D takes away from the goal scoring. A lot of coaches tell you that it leads to it. Like, you get the puck and you go. And, and so if that's the case with Jordan Cairo, if he can play better defensively and that leads to a few more goals, it gets him to 45 or 50. I think people will be happy.
3: Jr., would you anticipate that he'll be on the line with Thomas?
8: I think so. You know, in in practice here in camp, they're going to work in pairs. Uh, Doug Armstrong talked a lot this morning about uh, Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas and how these two are going to have to take it to the next level. They're going to need Thomas to be a 200 foot player. You know, he's been able to step in and take some of those key faceoffs late in games the past couple years for orion o'reilly uh, they're going to need more of that from him because he's the guy now and with jordan Kyrou, as we just touched on he's going to have to be that guy so uh, we'll see they're going to be separated i think i'm not talking about those two but i'm talking about the top players the top nine will be separated in camp as they kind of break them into different groups for practice but as they whittle that training camp roster down and we get closer to seeing what the opening night lineup would be i would expect that we'd see thomas and Kyrou together
5: I don't know if you've made it to Centine yet or not, but I saw that Tori Krug is actually out there skating on the ice today. So it seems like he's progressing really quickly.
8: Yeah, Brooke, it really seems like that injury maybe wasn't as bad as anybody thought. I know they said initially that he'd be reevaluated on October 1st, which you know wasn't too far out, just a couple, two or three weeks. Uh, but uh, I heard that he was skating last week on his own and maybe with a few players. But now today out there for practice, Doug Armstrong saying this morning that they think that Torrey Krug might be able to get in a few exhibition games, which would be a good sign. So a lot of depth on defense. We felt like Scott Pernovich would get Maybe some extra reps if Tory Krug did miss some time, but Torrey Krug out there skating today. Uh, so we'll see how the ice time breaks out breaks up for some of these uh, defensemen. Jar,
4: what are your expectations for uh, some of the new guys? Let's talk about Kevin Hayes. And I guess you can add Kasperi Kapanen and, and Verona in that list because they got here uh, midseason. What are your expectations from those
8: guys? Yeah, those are going to be three guys I think that, Kerry, we can put into a group. Uh, they're going to be proven guys. I realize two of them. Verana and Kapanen just in the final year of their deal. Hayes has a couple years left on his deal that comes over from uh, Philadelphia. So I think, uh, you know, different in that regard. But I think in terms of showing people that they can play in in this league and for Kapanen and and Verana looking for their next contract, whether it's going to be with the Blues or somebody else. The way I look at it, I know Kapanen was a waiver pickup, so you're paying his full salary. But the other two, both Verana and Hayes, 50% salary retention, Uh, by Detroit and Philadelphia, respectively, in those deals. And I think the Blues got a bargain for these guys. So it's not to say that they're going to go out and, you know, Verona's going to score 30, Hayes is going to score 20-25 this year. We don't know that yet. Uh, But we do know that when Doug Armstrong went out bargain shopping, he found a couple players uh, at a reasonable rate that can contribute. And from all accounts, these guys look pretty good coming into camp. So uh, we'll see what they can contribute.
3: Jared, what do you think the biggest thing the Blues need to accomplish during training camp of the preseason
8: is? I think this I thought about this and, and Randy, it's gonna be a big picture response for you here, but I think we've heard it. That's what I like to do early on is listen to some of the things that Doug Armstrong and now the captain is Braden Chen. Listen to some of the things that they're saying because sometimes you can you can find a connection and you know that they've talked about these things behind closed doors. And a lot of times with the blues, especially the last ten years, Randy, it's been, you know, playoffs, playoffs, Stanley Cup, playoffs. You know, I've heard both Doug Armstrong and Braden Shen both say in the past couple days, listen, we're not going to make the playoffs on the first day of the season, the first day of camp. Both of them are preaching that what the Blues need is work ethic, consistency, and pride in their game. And you can talk about all the reasons why that wasn't there last year. We've done that for the past you know, 12 months. But I think it's a situation with the Blues where they realize that they're not going to be able to be the team they want to be and make the progress they want to make without realizing that this is going to be a long season and there's going to be some ups and downs. But if they continue to fall back on what we're hearing, the theme from Doug Armstrong and Braden Chen: work ethic, consistency, pride – then they can't get there. So I think that's the, the big picture is, is they're looking at it in that regard, and they're all trying to be on the same page early on here.
3: Sounds great. Jr. as always, great stuff. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll see you later.
8: Sounds good. Thanks, guys.
3: See you. Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to head down the stretch with rock and roll here on the opening drive.
2: You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
3: Let's rock. Let's rock today. Rock and roll portion of the program. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and Matthew Rockio With rock and roll.
7: Well, guys, it is a 1215 first pitch. No, we don't have a giveaway today, Kerry. What's going on? We, here? Don't have a give- we don't have a giveaway Why? today. Why so excited? Because we don't have a giveaway Why are you You're doing crushing this? him today. He's my hand reaching for the, reaching, reaching the, the fence bar and barn grill cap. I have no. My- I I have no giveaways you for you. Oh, okay. Well, if, yeah. if people are thinking, by the way, if you guys want to send in uh, by like categories for the grab bag giveaway, we're always taking new categories um, for the grab bag giveaway. We've had some fun ones like MLS teams. That wasn't fun. Uh, U.S. Well, State not, Capitals. Cereals. This wasn't fun. Cereals, which I thought Carrie could have done better on. So yeah. Oh, so, so, so send in some categories a shot, for a grab bag giveaway next time we have a giveaway. We'll be doing that. But today we're doing something oh so much crueler because the Cardinals are eliminated. But they have a 12-15 game today, so we're going to oh do a little bit of an addition God. of the lineup game, no, and this no, one's going to be know who's on the we team. On <laughs> well, the team. then that's why this one's going to be fun. Oh so my God. it's time for the lineup game, also <laughs> called Are They Still Here? That's <laughs> the semicolon name All afterwards. Right. So leading off for your St. Louis Cardinals today, Lars Newbar.
3: Yeah, everybody good I'll with Lars, oh. yeah. Yeah. Tommy Edmond. Oh, we're going to be here. Tommy Edmund.
6: Okay, okay. Tommy
3: Edmond okay, leading off. Center field.
7: At uh, second base. Oh, okay. Good grief. Batting second. Okay. <sighs> Goldie.
6: Yeah.
5: Mm,
4: no.
6: Mm, mm,
7: mm, mm,
4: mm. This is going to be a long day. This it's is be, a long day. <laughs> oh. I don't even know who's on the team at this point. <laughs> who's healthy? <Yeah. laughs> you, already healthy said this, you already said point. this name. Oh, okay,
7: Lars bar
5: Oh, okay. There
7: you go. Playing center field,
5: batting center second,
7: field. Lars bar there, there
4: you goes. go. Third,
5: third. Field, notable. All right.
7: Is who's third? Jordan
4: Walker, playing right field. Ooh, Goldie.
5: This this one's Goldie, right?
4: right okay.
5: Goldie. Your first, first bagman,
4: base. first base,
7: Paul Goldschmidt, Clean up. batting fourth.
4: Right.
3: Is in
7: fact Nolan Aronado. So you need a shortstop left
3: um, field. Okay.
4: okay, batting fifth. Let's go. Walker? Jordan Walker there. Because Wilson is out. Walker? Wilson is out. Good grief.
5: Wait, who now. else is here right now? <laughs> Richie. <laughs>
4: Richie no? Palacios. He's not batting fifth. Is wait, he? wait.
5: No. Has, when is. Did Yepes play? He hasn't
4: played. He's not going to be batting fifth.
5: Is he? Uh, no. Okay, what about Palacios? Okay, Juan Yepes. Juan Yepes?
4: batting fifth Whoa, what is he playing okay. what is he playing he's playing
7: left field all right oh. left field now oh. Jordan Walker
4: batting sixth in right field all
5: right you are right. correct we got the whole all all field done. Field together. and then so then Contreras he's not playing he's not he and so the, risk, what about Herrera Herrera, Herrera.
4: Herrera.
5: Mm, Kisner Kisner
7: <laughs> batting
6: seventh
7: seven for your St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, Wearing ooh. number seven oh, is
5: there in fact Andrew Kisner. He's okay. What is happening? He's what he is. <laughs> All right.
4: So you need Mason Wynn is gonna be ninth at shortstop. Yep. So did we DH say Palacios? Is Richie or
5: Palacios? Or?
4: Mm. No. Caricudo? We got,
3: we've got an upfield already. We've got Yepes. No, we were saying
5: DH. Because, a because a Palacios oh. he's he's okay. done decently. Okay.
7: Alec Burleson is hurt. I didn't okay. tell you guys what position is playing. Oh hell. Oh, so then who, who, who else is me.
5: around? For me? For
7: me. Playing third base is in fact <laughs> Mr. Fermin. And then Amazing you guys win. already said it batting ninth and playing shortstop repeat this? is in fact yeah. Mason Wayne. Let's go ah. through the Cardinals. This is not ah. Typical September. <laughs> Lineup for today. Tommy Edmund a... leading off Whoa. playing second base. Lars Newtbar in the two hole playing center field. Paul Goldschmidt, your three batter, playing on first base. Nolan Aronado batting cleanup is your DH. Juan Yapes is in left field batting fifth. Jordan Walker batting sixth in right field. Number seven, Andrew Kisner. Batting seventh behind the plate Jose Fermin is your third baseman Batting eighth And then Mason Wynn Batting ninth at shortstop And then of course Miles Michaelis On the bump for the Cardinals So Yepes batting above Walker Fermin in the game at eighth And then of course Not very surprising But an Edmund Newtbar one-two start Willie Mays isn't playing today That's terrible Yeah, you
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got him on
7: your team <laughs> Why would you sit him on the bench? That's unbelievable Man, it's ridiculous. That's ridiculous It's like
4: trad- the baddest trading Honest Wagner it's,
3: uh, can you believe they had Hannes Wagner and, <laughs> and Willie Mays? Uh, it's like the Cardinals, uh, in the, as we saw in the uh, in the Yogi Bear documentary. They could have had Musial and Yogi Bear on the same team for years and
5: Ooh, years. Oh, yes. And this, was... Oh, yeah.
3: Can you imagine? Here they, we are. And this team could have had Hannes Wagner and Willie Mays. <laughs> they had them. Yeah, one of them still.
7: We were There was a discussion that was being thrown out about who, right out of the gate, the worst team in the NFL, because obviously the Giants have had a really bad start. The Cardinals have looked better than we all thought, but yesterday again, we already talked a little bit about one two of the big three things that came against the Bears, but they also lost their left tackle to an injury yesterday. That was actually the first thing that happened in the day, and then the quarterback called out the coaching staff, and then they lost their, their defensive coordinator uh, to health issues. Is... This kind of laying the track Are the Bears going to do what we all thought Is it going to be Caleb Williams and the Bears Are they going to be the worst team in the NFL this year Ooh. I don't think they go for Caleb Williams I, I mean I, I don't think you can Bears fans it, went from him so being an MVP hard. candidate To one in Caleb Williams in a span of Two and a half weeks
4: yeah, well, It's of course, so hard to, it's... to remove yourself from a
7: First round quarterback
4: that, yeah. that quickly it feels like The worst team in the NFL for me Is, is probably two teams in the AFC West They, they both stink the Chargers and the wow, you're Broncos. down on the Chargers. Mm. Okay. Have you watched them play? But they, they aren't <laughs> going to finish with the worst record. No, no. no, they won't. Well, I mean, who knows? Do you know what Brandon Staley is going to do from day to
3: day? You, you've got Justin Herbert. Do you know what Brandon Staley is going to do? Yeah, Staley's you don't know, gonna but do? they're, they're going to have some games He's that gonna... Staley can't mess up. <laughs> Are you sure? I, well, because they'll, they'll score 35 points. They'll have some games where Herbert will throw for 350 yards and throw one to Allen and one to Williams and... Eckler will score another. They'll score 35 points on a few occasions where they can't screw it up. The
4: Panthers are going to be really bad. They'll be vying for that first overall pick. The Chicago Bears, if they can't figure something out. Um, I, Arizona's bad. Isn't Arizona, well, I was say fighting their butts off. Joshua but I, I Dobbs them, is fighting. I, he, they are. I think, you know. John Gannon, as the head coach is uh, doing a fantastic job. With We've a given, terrible team, uh,
3: the zero two New England Patriots a lot of credit. Yeah, I don't think they're going to oh, be great either. No, <laughs> they
4: so, don't have any
5: receivers.
3: Caleb Williams. No,
5: yeah. <laughs> Do you think Caleb Williams would want to go to Chicago? Just saying, if that was the possibility, yeah,
3: he probably would not. Okay, but I, I'm we're... guessing if they have the first pick, if they have the worst team in the league to a second year, Ibrulus is not being back there. No, you yeah. know, uh, I'll bet you. Maybe uh, Lincoln can go with him. Here's Ooh. here's the, the play. I, this is. I don't know if it's a guarantee, mm-hmm. but here's the most sensible move. If you're the Bears and you finish with the worst record in the league a second consecutive year and you have the first pick in the draft, you bring Jim Harbaugh back home.
6: Oh, oh my, my Lord. Lord. He's,
3: oh. he's suspended. He's, he, he's probably going to wind up getting suspended in Michigan. He wins wherever mm-hmm. he goes. Man, that's a Jim Harbaugh fan. He just goes to Super Bowls and national championship stuff. You know, that's all he does. Well, he, he'll,
4: he'll win.
3: I'll tell you what, you, you give me an opportunity to play in a Super Bowl. You give me a chance to play in the Final Four in college, and I'll I take agree.
4: it. I agree. But I'm not a—I don't know. I mean, if they wanted to—if if the Bears have the number 1 overall pick and they're going to get rid of Eber Fluson, why wouldn't you bring in Lincoln Riley and then draft your quarterback?
3: I, I think Lincoln Riley may have the best coaching job in America. He
4: probably does. SC yes, is a wonderful place to play football.
3: Yeah. Man. And he's making so much, and he's got so much NIL money— and there is no salary cap. Yeah, uh, I mean, he doesn't have to deal with pro egos. You got to deal with college egos. But he, uh, again, if you're playing at USC for a bunch of money, why would you ever use the transfer portal? Right.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good That'd gig. Be some, be
4: some
3: tough
7: teams, bad teams here.
4: I mean,
6: with
7: with with the, the pre with the speeches that Jonathan Gannon was giving on that documentary from the Cardinals, if he can win a couple games in the NFL, then. Sure. Give, give Harbaugh some more rah-rah chances and see what he can do with a new roster. Why not? Let me give
3: you one other possibility, and it's not like we haven't seen this before. But with the loss of Nick Chubb and as bad as Deshaun Watson looks, could Ooh. Cleveland <laughs> yes. wind up being the worst team in the league, Ooh. especially Ooh. in that division? Yes.
4: Ooh. And, and oh what do you do oh, with that yeah. quarterback? Because he he, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he looks, eat the money. He looks terrible. He does. He, he looks, and I thought maybe it was just a last year thing, you know, knocking the rust well, off. It's two years. He looks terrible. Yeah. Like, it's not even good to watch. I don't know.
5: No. I Yeah. What do you do about that situation? And will that be one of the worst contracts oh, yeah. in the NFL in that history. you've ever seen? In history, yeah.
7: yeah. I, mean, I if, think you're right. If he's anything but a Pro Bowl quarterback, it's one of the worst. It's one of the worst yeah. contracts yeah. ever. Because, I mean, it's all guaranteed. Can't get out of it. You're, 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 Why did they do, you're do that? You're cap screwed. I, and Yeah. You know. Also, by the way, add on the fact that again, it was also horrible PR from day one, and yep. has never been good PR either. So it's you're losing money, you're getting no corporate, you know, bump at
3: all. Just dumb all around. And that's really the
5: Haslums. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. It sure <laughs> yep. is. Where are they Factory from? Of oh, they're from Tennessee. Oh. oh, yeah.
3: Flying J, right? Flying no. J truck Center? Is that it? Uh, or is it the uh, well, no, well, Jimmy I don't know. Jimmy Haslam? right? Flying, flying, flying see, J? Something else. Oh. I can't remember. Something. I, don't think I don't know if they're
5: from Tennessee. I know that there's a Haslam in Tennessee. I think, yeah, I
3: think they're from Tennessee. Yeah. How about that? There you go. How about it? Uh we had a wonderful time today. Great job today by our producer audio engineer, the one the only Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh Brooke, was this fun for you?
5: Yes, this was fun. Yeah,
3: I'm glad it was. CD, was it fun for you? us
4: your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want
5: to see my
3: face? Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in and being a part of the show. We've got a balloon party with T Mac and Ajax coming up and then the BK and Ferrario kids are going to be over at Centine talking some blues hockey. Yeah, they straightened out the whole. Drive. Did they get it? Did uh, they get no, it together? Not to my satisfaction. But <laughs> explain it to me. The whole fantasy did you, football. Did you thing. accept the explanation? Yeah, I did. It's. All right. yeah. it, is, it is what it is.
5: There you go. That's, that That's a good motto to live by. Yeah,
3: And uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. For all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Yes, sir. I was going to say, they, the Army spoke uh, to the media at around 9, nine o'clock, yep. so you'll be able to hear all the audio from Army on BK and Ferrario. Oh, good. And I'm going to talk to Army today for the TV show. Army and Chief and I think Schenner. We're going to have the, for the TV show on Sunday night at, uh, at uh, what time? 11 o'clock on Channel 2. And one more thing, a bulletin apparently official. Tomorrow morning, 845, former Mizzou receiver Will Franklin will join us.
6: Nice. So
3: looking forward to that. Until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right.
1: You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101
2: ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.